FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. The listeners of this podcast are its main driving force. If you would like to support FGC Hollywood, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash forward FGC Hollywood, as well as leaving us nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. So without further ado, enjoy the show. FGC Hollywood, stay classy. It's like, like it was like for me. It's like I gotta get off my ass. I gotta, I gotta put that work in. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. I guess it's more. It, like It's a, really a mental thing. Yeah. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, episode sixteen. My name is Max Bleister. I'm joined by my trusty co-host Pringle, the one. Now, Pringle, I normally ask you how you're doing, but in case you're looking at the show notes, I'm gonna let Juan Godinez do it because on YouTube that was his question for this week. He asked. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I uh, I actually got past the, like, I got further in my uh, strongman stuff that I've been talking about a while ago. Like, I managed mm-hmm. to, like, I can finally pick up, like, a 130-pound sandbag. It's somewhere between 130 and 140. I can pick it up and walk it, like, a good distance back and forth outside, like, the yard over here. So I've gotten a lot stronger for that type of uh, that type of training. I'm definitely getting stronger. My back looking bigger, I think. I don't know. I can't really tell that well. <laughs> but I think it's getting bigger. But I'm definitely getting stronger. Nice. Yeah, yeah, man. And and I, I managed. So, like, a while ago, I got this CRT, right? They, it was a buddy that was from the scene. He was giving out his uh, CRT. It was so big. And his mom was like, we got to give this away. It's too big. It's taking up space. And then he had to find somebody who would take it. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, I'll take it. And I think this was like, I don't know, like three years ago or something, two, two years ago around there. And we got this, the, the TV, it was, it was huge, man. I needed like two other people from my scene to pick it up. I needed my friend, which is, which he's a stronger person to pick up the TV and all this stuff. It needed all, all it was a big ass CRT. I, it was, it's a, it's a really good one too. It's one of those, uh, I think it's called the Sony KVS series, which are one of the good still lasting CRTs that are like available and they're really, really good. But this thing is huge, man. It's like 99 pounds, like right around the dot around there. I'm able to pick that thing up by myself now. So I was like, hell yeah. That's what I've been training for, just to pick that thing up, man. Because when I move, it's going to be heavy as hell. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to use a dolly, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably a smarter choice. Yeah, man. It's on the second floor. So, like, my the apartment is on the second floor. So that's way too dangerous to be picking up like that. Mm -hmm. Now, since you mentioned moving, uh, I we talked a little bit about Discord. This could be a tangent. I apologize. Yeah. Are you a like a minimalist as far as things? Because you know we were talking about how we have certain uh, people that in the Discord that like collecting games, whereas I love digital because it means that when I move, because I I move too often, so I don't like having boxes mm-hmm. around. Are you the same way? Yeah, I'm pretty minimal, dude. I collect games, but I've so like the reason why I collect games is because I really I just like having the physical. I can always keep them. I, and what's funny is I've had trouble in the past where people have stolen games from me. So so like. I understand why digital is so much better in that regards, but I've also had feelings where like, I feel like my digital account is just going to vanish one day. And it's been happening with certain um, stores on the, on the uh, consoles and stuff like that, where some console stores aren't even running anymore in certain countries. So I have a feeling where like, unless you're able to redownload some games might not be able to, you might not be able to do that. Like for instance, I think the Wii shop closed. So like you can't, and we shot had loads of stuff on it, like Genesis. Uh, I could be wrong, but it had like Genesis, Atari, all these type of stuff. And you can't re-download some of that stuff. So it makes me not like 
some of it I just like to have the physical, but I don't like I don't want a lot of physical copies of something. I, it's probably the games I really want, and some are just way too expensive, so I won't mess with it. Uh, so I'll just like emulate it or something like that. But I don't like having too much stuff outside of like the collection of games that I have, which I think now it's roughly a hundred games, but it still fits all in like a box. Okay. But yeah, I am I am pretty minimal. Like you won't see me spend more than like. I definitely won't spend more than like 40, 50 bucks on a video game at this point, man. Unless it's like a brand new game I really, really want, which is probably like Dragon Quest or something. I, I probably won't be spending more than that. So like a lot of the games I've bought was like less than 30, 20, 40 dollars around there. Um, like the most expensive game is that I bought like the Switch Dragon Quest, but that was like a gift. So it wasn't even for like me because I wouldn't have probably bought that one for myself. But I really don't be packing stuff like i really don't like having a lot of stuff i do move often so i'm thinking the same way i'm like who's gonna pick all this crap that's why i stay strong though man so i can move all that stuff because like so if you go to my apartment like they're the only thing in the living room is a bunch of junk like like boxes and stuff and then there's like a, a t the crt that i got i got and that was just for free and the crt is great because like i think it's like 30 40 40 inches or something like that so it's pretty big and it's perfect for retro gaming i never really need another crt honestly and yeah man that's that's really i don't really have much man like you could like on the on previous stream like on my own twitch streams you could see that there's like um i sit on the floor man <laughs> like i actually like yeah man i love sitting on the floor like before i used to always want to have a desk now i always just sit on the floor it, it makes my it makes sitting more of more work and it makes it so that like i also get to lay down which is nice too but it makes it so i i, I keep my back straight you're like just and i don't slouch yeah does he do that yeah, Justin Wong used to play on the floor. Yeah, yeah, man. I love playing fighting games on the floor. I'll tell you that much. The stick is like right there. You don't have to put it on your lap. It doesn't slide off because every time it always slides off of me sometimes when I'm playing on like uh, on, on something. I hate that, man. Like it just slides off. But on the floor, I could just put it on the floor and I could just like, you know, lean my arms forward and I could play it from there. But yeah, I, ge I generally I play like everything on the floor, man. It's, I, I, I really like it. It's like really. Wait, like, the Toki feels... used to slide off? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. Well, I use a Panthera now. Oh, but the Toki okay. would sometimes slide off. Damn, yeah. for real, dude. Yeah, the Toki weighs seventy four pounds. How does it slide <laughs> off? <laughs> it's because, like, depending on how I'm sitting, I might be too on the edge, so my legs go down a oh, bit. It's you know slanted. what I mean? Yeah, and it's slanted. Yeah, so like, yeah, I know that thing's heavy, man. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it's it's concentrated. That's what it is. It's like it's condensed into a brick. It, you know what block. was funny is I switched from uh combine that I had and it's made out of plastic, right? It's super yeah. light. Then I went to the Itoki, my old Itoki, and I you know, it's heavy. And then when I had it on my lap when I stopped playing tech and I was like, damn, I feel like I just got a, like a workout. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> having that thing on my just resting. It's uh but yeah, now I got used to it. But yeah, that stick is pretty heavy. I think it's probably the heaviest stick that is out there right now. Yeah. Yeah, man, it, it's it's a heavy. I think that I've seen some bigger ones where they're like really long. Maybe the wooden sticks, pre, like the custom ones, mm, but those yeah. are not. Now, uh, number two here, I don't know if you see that bullet point, is uh, I quit Twitter for a day, Pringle. Oh, and, yeah? Yeah, it sounds, it sounds funny, like, oh, you only quit for a day. But <laughs> yeah, you can only quit for a day. It's, you know, I, uh, I had enough of Twitter. I just, I started looking at it and not only like fgc stuff but just world stuff and i was like god I, mm -hmm. I hate this platform it's it's not oh yeah man it's horrible it's 
I, I really, I have a, such a huge disconnect with Twitter. Like I'm, it's not for me. Like I'm not the audience, but I, I deleted it. I suspended my account. You can't delete your account. You have to deactivate it first and then it deletes. Yeah. So I deactivated it. I deleted the app off my phone. I was like, you know what? I don't need this. I, I really could care less about anything, mostly because we'll get to it, but it's a lot of, of it had to do with the, uh, the Pog champ stuff and not oh. not so much with what happened with the PogChamp stuff, but with the reaction of the FGC. I just find the FGC on Twitter to be so fake. <laughs> yeah, it's you gotta it's not pay attention to that though. Yeah, man, because like you know, on one side note though, if we use Twitter for what we can get, we get a lot out of it without paying much attention to the garbage that's in it. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing: the reason why I only quit for a day is because. On Thursday, I think, I started doing show notes for this podcast. And I was like, man, mm -hmm. I did not realize how easy it is to do show notes for news items and sales without using Twitter. Like, Twitter actually helps me a lot with that. So that's the, <laughs> that's the only reason why I brought it back, because it's actually, it, it accelerates the way I do show notes instead of having to go through emails and then to Google search everything. So that's the only benefit of Twitter for me. But uh, yeah, I did... That platform, especially within the FGC, is hot garbage. It's, it's terrible. I hate it. Mm -hmm. I'd say it's so much worse because the players aren't preoccupied with tournaments nowadays, man. They're not preoccupied with getting better and getting in tournaments. They're preoccupied with whatever the weather is, like the political climate and all this kind of stuff. So it used to be kind of like, hey, this is my my world. This is my, uh, you know, my, 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 uh, my little zone over here. Now it's like, ugh. It's just gross and tainted and and skanky looking. It's like, get away from me, you dirty whore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah. I, there's so many, the thing is with Twitter is you can't have good back and forth conversations. Like it's not, it's not the platform where you can actually have discourse. That's why I like doing podcasts is because I'm not limited to 140 or 240 characters. You can't get your point across. And I think when you're really short with text, on a platform like Twitter, you're more likely to become a little more irritable or sound more irritable or be more like toxic. And it's it's hard because you're trying to get your point across, but there's no tone or inflection. So it's it's hard to mm -hmm. have any sort of real discourse on that platform. That's why when I see these things, I'm just get I get irritated. And like I don't know if that's what the person meant, but just seeing that. So I decided, you know what, I'm the way I'm gonna use Twitter now. I'm, I'm going to use it as a resource for the podcast, mm -hmm. but I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not really going to be using it to, I don't know, catch up with the FGC anymore. Like I, I, I'm done with that. <laughs> yeah. I, so I don't use it. I just use it for funny pictures, man. I just look through, try to find some funny stuff and that's it, man. I don't really like Twitter sucks, man. So like, I try not to use it for anything outside of that. Sometimes you just catch it because of, you know, it's like the inevitable if you're scrolling through. But I like there's so many times where I scroll through. I don't really even post much on there. Like, I, like whenever I post, I just want to post something funny. Mm. Like, it's like, I just want to get a good couple of laughs, man, really. But like, yeah, there's just no I, I just use it as a resource, man. I use it to uh, advertise the show and the channel and stuff because like and it's also like another way for people to like. Um, uh talk to you or something like that which yeah is, that's the only good cool. part about twitter is that eventually if we do move on to getting guests uh most of the fgc or people that we want to reach are 
available to to reach on twitter so that's why i figured all right i'll just keep it for now yeah because it's it's pretty garbage i i you know i don't really like it either it's it's pretty it's just bad all around you you know the the lack of like there's also like i think there's even a study of like how when we text things we lose so much of the information it's very hard to get a lot of the point across when you it's all through text so much of that just gets kind of disjointed and it's very easy for information to get messed up through text like sometimes people take me serious and it's like nine times out of ten i'm most likely joking man yeah it's it's, it's <laughs> so colder it's, like, it's definitely a colder yeah. form of conversation mm -hmm. yeah exactly that's why you need to use like emotes and gifts and all this kind of crap yeah. to get the point across where you're like i'm not trying to be serious yeah you know? lighten it up yeah so it, it's definitely garbage mm. hey you know what's not garbage Omori, my oh. friend, you know, I've been shilling this game. People are so mad. They're so tired of me. of just shilling this game. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing yeah, it. Man. Oh, dude, I got to play it, man. I, I'll, I'll probably grab it next month. This game, I when we talked last, I have I've not beaten it yet. I was really close, right? And mm -hmm. I, I beat this game since. I've gotten all the endings. I've written about it a little bit. I'm not done with my piece, but I'm, I'm, I'm writing. I'm currently writing about this game. Spoiler free and kind of given my uh my thoughts on it this game right now i mean obviously it's only january but this is my game of the year so far it's uh it's been a pleasant surprise i really enjoyed it so uh everything we said last week about this game uh, i stands true in my opinion and i just want to add one thing about this game and this is not spoiler this is more has to do with like game design mm -hmm. omori is a game that I really appreciate because you know when you can tell like a creator has a sense of direction with how they want to portray a narrative? With this particular story, I love the fact that you can tell that the creator of this game, shout outs to Omocat, like they decided to stick with their vision originally instead of doing something that they think the audience would like to see. I really love that in games where like you could tell like this is what the creator wanted it. I don't know if it's what the audience is really expecting or what they would have picked, but I can appreciate that, you know, you stick to your guns because you see that a lot in different forms of media, games or sometimes even books. And, you know, the, the creator will give you what he thinks the audience would want. And here you don't get that, which you get something else. And I, I really like it, but I, I like that they went that way. Like there's certain points or certain stories that, you know, the hero doesn't always win or like the princess doesn't always get rescued and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's nice. It's a little, uh, it deviates from, from the path that we normally take with these, these type of things. So I, I appreciate that. So you're saying it's like the end of Evangelion where, <laughs> where the, the creator was like, fudge all you guys. I don't care. This is my ending. This is my anime. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, except that Omori isn't trash. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So that'll be up eventually once I'm done with that. But we need some resolution here, Pringle. So catch these hands number two. I advertised our little Hollywood tournament last week. I'm going to do it again. We're having a tournament. We don't know where we're going to play because nobody can decide, apparently. <laughs> uh, the tournament right now is scheduled for January 23rd, 2021, 7 p.m. Central Time. And the easiest way to join is through the Discord link at the bottom of the description and every YouTube version of this podcast. Right now, as of the recording of this podcast, Plusar and KOF 2002 are deadlocked at 15 votes apiece. 
Now, it's been fluctuating. I don't know who's going to win. If there is a tie by the end of Tuesday, which is going to be January 12th, 2021, that's the, the deadline for voting, I'm just going to flip a coin. And then it'll give people about eight to nine days to practice for the game that, that we picked. And then we're going to run the tournament. So we need votes, but don't listen to me because Zio on Patreon had this to say. He said, the good people of Hollywood, can you please go to the announcement channel and Discord and vote for KOF 2002 for the next tournament? So obviously he <laughs> he really wants 2002 to win because we already had plus R. I don't mind 2002. It's it's a fun game. I'm not going to play, obviously. I'm just going to run it and commentate. Uh, the only problem with that is the fact that it doesn't have lobbies. So we're going to have to have the people playing, stream it through Discord, and then I'll stream it through Twitch. Wait. That game don't got lobbies? No, it does not. What? <laughs> what? How are you supposed to run that game, man? Yeah, it only has player matches, rank matches. So, you know, we're going to have to have one person who's playing somebody else. They're just going to have to stream it to Discord. So it does make it a little difficult as far logistically when it comes to streaming. But the game is really fun. People seem to really want to play it. So we'll see. If it wins, cool. And if it doesn't, we'll just run plus R. That does have lobbies. It's a little easier. But... Again, everybody is listening. If you want to join our little tournament, you can do so. Join our Discord. Vote for the game. It's in the announcement tab. And the connection is really good. So a uh, little note here. Yesterday, I played... Uh, shout out to JJ, a new person in the Discord. I played him about uh, 12 games or so in KOF. And he lives somewhere, I think, maybe like South Central. So he's probably like a couple states away from me. But the connection was really good. And then... I made the mistake. I went to go play Broken and his crew in Undernight. And goddamn, dude, that, that game is awful online. It's so terrible. Hot doodle, man. Hot doodle, man. I don't remember it being that bad either. No, CLR killed that game as far as its netcode. I, so I haven't played online. I play that game every day. I haven't gone online in so long. I just go into training mode or go fight the PC. And because the PC actually isn't bad when you put it on max settings and max difficulty and you give like the PC meter and everything. So it's actually kind of challenging. But I played those guys online after playing smooth netcode in 2002. I went to go play CLR and Jesus Christ, that was atrocious. It was awful. So yeah, at least I can vouch for 2002's netcode. But uh, yeah, we'll see what wins because I know we played plus R before and that held up just fine. So yeah, come vote, come play. And uh, let's have a good time. January 23rd, 2021 is the tournament, but the voting will end on January 12th. So uh, didn't they put Guilty Gear, didn't they give Action Core lobbies? Yes, they did. Damn, that's weird though. KOF don't got no lobbies? No lobbies. You have Code Mystics doing KOF, and then you have uh, Team yeah. French Calibers doing Plus R. So two different teams. But there's only one person that matters. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. About to do the uh, the Lee Chung laugh. <laughs> right? Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Yo, Lee Chung. Yo, this dude's funny as hell, man. I got to swap my sausage on her. That dude's hilarious. Hell yeah, man! All right, Pringle. We have a fun Hollywood question of the week, and hopefully, we'll see. I didn't prepare for this, but hopefully, we can do. We can get. I'm. I'm hoping we can get halfway through. So we're gonna play mm -hmm. the fighting game name game. So we're going to name characters, and we're going to use the alphabet. So we're going to start mm -hmm. through A, and then see how far we can get. We'll see if we're really true fighting game fans, okay? So 
you could play with us if you're listening. So do you want to start with A or do you want to start with B? I'll let you start with A because I know you know, <laughs> okay. I know which one you probably All right. So obviously fighting him character that starts with A, I'm going to pick Akatsuki from Akatsuki Blitzcamp. Okay. B, Viking from Guilty Gear. C, I'll say Chun-Li. Damn, that's a good one. D, Dal Sim, Street Fighter. There we go. I wonder, you know, I probably should write these down. I wonder how many of these we're going to use for each franchise because I wonder which one would win, like which one pops up in our head. But it's going to be Street Fighter. Probably. <laughs> you know what? It is going to be Street Fighter because I'm at E and the only thing that pops up in my head right now is E Honda. <laughs> and then for F, the only thing that popped in my head was Falk. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. All right. Let me try to. Stop the train here. Um, G. I don't want to use G. <laughs> you, know, <it's> so easy. <laughs> you know what I was thinking too for G. Damn. Mm. Just when I Let need it, I'm so. blanking. Well, that's because G is like, it's not too, I don't think it's very common in a lot of anime games. Like the st- starting of the word G. Yeah. I'm trying to think Tekken too, but uh, God damn. Yeah, man. That's not very common. Well, <laughs> I, I can say like uh, Geralt from Soul Calibur, but he's not really a fighting him character. He's he's the Witcher, so I don't really want to. It's like saying Gohan. It's like, is he a fighting him character? No, he's a Dragon Ball character. That's true, I guess. Yeah, you could say that. I'll just use G, whatever. Oh, oh, oh. Haumaru from uh, uh, Samurai Shodown. Okay. There you go. I, I'll go you with Eno. Guilty yeah. Gear. Okay. Uh, I'll go with another Guilty Gear. Justice from J. Okay. K. Uh, Killick, Soul Calibur. Okay. Okay. Uh, L. Lychee, Blaze Blue. Blah Blue. <laughs> Blah Blue. M. Blah Blue. M. I'll go with. Now, is this cheating because she's a Persona character and not like a fighting game character per se, but Margaret from Persona 4 Arena? I don't know. We were saying that. Yeah, let me try I think to find it would another be one. If we use God. Yeah. Merkava from Undernight. Ah, uh, there you go. Uh, and uh, ah, screw it. Uh, Nauta from uh, from Blaze Blue. Blaze Blue. Blaze Blue. Okay. Oh, oh, Jesus. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. Oleander from TFH. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right here, right here. Okay, P. Uh, let's see. Uh. uh Pain wheel, Skullgirls, money. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. Oh, with, Q. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was going to say with Q, I have to just go with Q from Street Fighter. Yeah. Our <laughs> uh, 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 Robo Fortune, Skullgirls again. There you go. Okay. S. I'm trying to think of franchise we haven't used before. Yeah. I don't know. I don't pay attention to anything nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what I realized just now is I don't know any Mortal Kombat character names. <laughs> uh, which one you got on? I'm on S. Come over here. Remember that guy's name? <laughs> Man, <laughs> you know what I was thinking? I was thinking like uh, Soul Calibur characters, but I couldn't. I, it was on the tip of my tongue, but I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah, Scorpion. Obviously, Scorpion is a good one. Yeah, yeah. T. Um... Would Terminator be one? No. <laughs> how, are you Tian Hao from uh, Tian Hao? I think that's the name. Yeah. From, that was quite hurt. You. Oh, God. Uh, is that his name? The guy from Samurai Shodown? His name is like Ukio or something like that? Hey, right, yeah. The blue haired guy. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Ukio Tachibana. Okay. 
All right. Uh, let's see here. V. Um, Valentine. Here you go. Story of the I'm getting hooked up over here. W. Oh, W. Oh, now it gets hard, man. Yeah, I was going to say, I think W might be the end of the road here. Yeah, I Let's don't see. I don't have anything for W. At least not off the top of my head, which is kind of like what's this exercise supposed to be, but like... I can't. I can't think of anything. Uh, w. There's definitely a character with a W in their name. Is there anything in Tekken? See, I was. I was trying to go through the list in my head in Tekken, and I was like, maybe I'm just blanking. I'm on the spot. I'm pressure. <laughs> Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> I'm sweating over here, man. <laughs> yeah. There's gonna be that dude in the comments after this this podcast. Man, he's so stupid. This character. I'm like, yeah, oh, I was gonna man. Say they're gonna hate us. But hey, we got to W. I think that's a. Uh, I mean. Pretty respectable, I would say. We we're only three letters away from being at the end. All right, Pringle, we got a lot of news, so hopefully I can run through this somewhat promptly. We'll start with the the one that I mentioned earlier about Twitter and everything. So this is Rest in Peace PogChamp. So mm-hmm. on January 6, 2020, streaming website Twitch announced via tweet that they will be removing PogChamp, the PogChamp emote from their website. The tweet reads as such, quote, We've made the decision to remove the PogChamp emote following statements made from the face of the emote encouraging further violence after what took place in the Capitol today. We want the sentiment and the use of Pog to live on. Its meaning is much bigger than the person depicted or image itself, and it has been a big place in the Twitch culture. However, we can't in good conscience continue to enable use of the image. We will work with the community to design a new emote for for the most hype moments of Twitch. Or rather, on Twitch. Now, for the uninitiated, who might be a little newer to the FGC, don't really know what we're talking about. So, the emote PogChamp is represented as a hype emote, which uses the face of longtime fighting game player and personality Ryan Gutex Gutierrez. As it was a reaction he made during a blooper reel of a promotion video, he and then co-star of the Excellent Adventure Show and co-host of Cross Counter Live, Mike Ross, shot in late 2010. Now, there's an update to this whole saga. As of January 8, 2021, Twitter user at Day9TV, who suggested replacing the original PogChamp with a database of streamers and or general faces, so whenever someone types PogChamp to display one of those faces at random, Twitch replied to that, saying, you know what? In the spirit of figuring out 2021 together, let's just roll with that for now. Get ready for a new PogChamp emote every 24 hours starting today. Hmm. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I don't mind that. But let's dissect the... Uh, there's, there's a couple pieces here I, I want to get your take on. The first part is, are you were you surprised that they removed PogChamp from Twitch at all after Gutex kind of... Hell no, nah, man. Nah, man. I don't even know what Gutex did. He could have peed on the Empire State Building or something. <laughs> and I think they would have done something to take it away anyways. I think they would have took it away a long time ago, especially with what they've taken away already from Twitch in itself. They don't want any kind of connection to the to the person. I don't but the thing though is that like I will say the only thing is that Gutex doesn't even like stream on there, man. Like he's not even like ever on there. So like a part of me was like, are they like knowing what this dude is doing to have noticed him like tweeting about it or like they paying attention to him because like a part of me is like i don't know why they even cared about gutex like i thought they stopped caring all together about whatever the hell he was doing i don't think they did i I just think they they liked the pog champ face and the emote and it became a like a very big it became like a 
a thing that represented hype, right? Every time you saw yeah. something crazy happen on Twitch, it was always chat filled with PogChamps. Now, if you don't know what, mm-hmm. what uh, Gutex did, Gutex, he put on Twitter the banned video of the girl getting shot in the neck uh, mm. and when she got into the Capitol building. So I'm pretty sure that chick died. I don't know. Mm. I, I try to stay away from stuff like that. I, I don't watch it. But anyway, that's what he did. And after that, they decided to just remove the, the emote. Now, I'm kind of like you. I don't care about them removing the emote. I think that's okay. That's fine. You know, we know Gutex. I don't know if you've been following, but Gutex has been kind of... <laughs> he, he's, you know, I, I, it's sad. It's it's kind of sad. The dude's been off his rocker for a little while now. I think quarantine really got to him. Uh, yeah, it did. <laughs> and uh, he's he's not the same type of person i don't think that he was actually here's a story at in combo breaker 2017 i think mm-hmm. or maybe it was 2018 i think it was 2018 i saw a gutex and it mm-hmm. was it was a surreal scene because i was walking one direction and he was walking another and i would not have recognized him unless i i watched obviously ae and all that but he looked like a different person to me he looked deflated he looked like he lost the the fun that was the FGC. It looked like it became like a like work or like a task for him. He was just kind of out of it. And I was like, damn, that's not what I thought Gutex would, would carry himself like, you know, like, cause you see some of these people that are around the FGC and like the, like poke chop poke chop is the way he, like the energy he has when he speaks to you is the same energy he portrays when you meet him in person. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I saw Gutex, I was like, man, that looks like a, he has like an, he had like an aura. I don't mean this as like a, a jab at him. It's just what I saw. He had like, I don't know, like an aura of like a defeated person. I was like, oh, he's just like, his head is down. He's just, he's look, I don't know. It was weird. So ever since everything that happened with the excellent adventures not doing very well, and they tried to do smash and they tried to do the recipe and they tried to resurrect AE with lessons and stuff, nothing worked. He gone away from content creating. He, you know, he he really lost himself, and I think quarantine was a huge detriment to him. And then he started with all the right wing stuffs, which is whatever, you know, have your politics. But yeah, I don't think he really liked the PogChamp emote anyway, so he doesn't mind. Yeah, I don't think he minds having it off Twitch. But this is my only problem with this. Is this is the other problem that I had that I wanted to bring up to you is when Twitch says they want the sentiment and use of pog to live on why call it pog champ yeah <laughs> so pog champ comes from a stupid ad that you know excellent adventures they used to do at the end of their videos like these ads for arcade sticks and one of the ads was mike ross and gutex sitting on the couch playing pogs and i think like mike ross lost and he's asking gutex is like how could i also be a pog champ like you and he's like, you can use this coupon code for this arcade stick. And that's like where PogChamp came from. It's an FGC story from an FGC content. They're using all these images, which is okay. I, I, I like the idea of a database. Every 24 hours, you're going to use a different face. But PogChamp is exclusive to the FGC. That's the home. That's where it originated from. So I don't mind using different hype emotes. But I don't think they should call it PogChamp anymore. I, I think that is married to what excellent adventures was and if you're not going to have gutex it's not pog champ you can have something else call it hype champ but the pog champ thing that that's the thing that i was like i don't understand why you're still using that but it's a little thing but i'm just saying as an fgc person 
who's been around and saw the inception of PogChamp, it kind of bothers me. It's like, just call it something else, like divorce that and marry something else. I think at this point they have the name so like connected. So they don't, they want people to keep using it probably because it gets all of the uh, attention, but you're right, man. Now that I think about it, if you, it's, it's kind of like, if you told me the story of like, man, me and my boy was just playing some marbles and that's when we got the name marbles. And then all of a sudden it turned into this big ass word. And it's like, wait a minute. No, that's not where it really come from. But like, so yeah, you're right, man. If you think about it like that, that's really weird. Um, I didn't really know. I didn't really know the story of PogChamp, honestly. So, now that you enlightened me, it's even funnier. And it, and it's it's weird that it, it kind of came from that. But yo, I will also say too, though, from from what I've seen with Gutex, it was like a slow decline, man. Like, and I think a part of it, this is what I read too. A part of it was like, so this is my theory. I could be wrong, but I think a part of it is after Cross Counter and all that stuff, it was doing pretty well. Right around that time, I think that's when Mike probably was like, nah, I don't want anything to do with it. But then Gutex was like, yo, it's going all great. And then he respected his boy's decision to leave. But after he left, that was the decline. It just started going downhill. Maybe this dude already put all his eggs in the basket, which is a problem. But he put all his eggs in that basket. And then he kept trying to do all kinds of things with cross country. He even had like, uh, they did something with like Say Jam and- uh, Yeah, that was the recipe. The recipe, they had all this kind of stuff, man. It didn't work, man. It didn't stick. None of it stuck. They did Guilty Gear. They did. I think they even did, like, Mortal Kombat. It wasn't the same. And it's weird, too, because, like, it, it just didn't stick. And he was chasing all these type of methods. And I'd even say he was trying to put so much into the FGC, but it wasn't working out. They kind of, I feel like they chewed and spit him out. And as time went on, you could tell by his hair, the dude started having less and less hair. Maybe it was just because of his genetics, but there, there, I, maybe there's a correlation. It's just the theory, though. And like, so as time went on, he like I remember the video where he just broke down. He was like, "I done this, and I done that," and he broke down. And then like a week later, I see him like streaming like Third Strike on the Cross Counter channel with no mic. So he's just streaming it. And it's like I feel like he's just grasping on the straws, man. And then like. During the COVID, it like exasperated all of his like problems. So then he just kind of started going into prop mate because maybe he was always like this. It was just really the FDC that kind of tethered him to like doing things more enjoyable, but it became more of a job. It became more of a like he has to do this. He has to do this. He's forced to do this. And that could be one of the big reasons why maybe if he would, if Mike Ross would have stayed, maybe Mike would have ended up like Gutex. Well, it's okay. So a couple things. The, the first thing is, Excellent Adventure is actually, when they switched over to Street Fighter V, they had a pretty good 2016 because, you know, it was mm -hmm. like honeymoon period. Yeah. And they got, yep. I think that's when they got, also got like Kenny Omega on and a couple other big guests. So they had a pretty yeah, good 2016 because, yeah. you know, people were still, you know, they were enjoying Street Fighter V. Well, Street Fighter players were enjoying Street Fighter V. So Excellent Adventure is being the biggest Street Fighter centric show on the internet. It did fairly decent numbers. But Excellent yeah. Adventures actually started declining even when Mike was still on the show. It, wa it wasn't oh, doing yeah. as well. And mm -hmm. I think it really tanked after he left. Mike left, I think, in early of 2017. And I think mm -hmm. they stopped filming Excellent Adventures maybe early last year, early 2019. I, oh, I guess it's, yeah. Yeah, I think early 2019 is when they stopped filming Excellent Adventures. And then they tried to do, it was like the reads with scar and 
another guy and then they tried a little bit of the recipe and you you could see that gutex was trying to resurrect that whole cross counter channel but it just didn't work like it didn't work and to be honest with you it seemed like the fgc almost evolved into something different now you have a lot of dragon ball fighters content creators people are doing not so much pre-produced content like how those two used to do it's a lot of stream archives and clips and discussions over gameplay or over chat and stuff like that so it seemed like it gutex was trying to continue on creating the same type of content when the the model changed on him and he couldn't catch up to it that could be a too yeah man i i agree that could definitely be a big part of it too like he couldn't he didn't evolve he didn't adapt <laughs> so it's ironic actually fighting game terms <laughs> i don't yeah right i would even say too though right and uh i don't even say the model of youtube changed significantly oh yeah 2016 man that 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 was a better youtube i'd even say man it, it it favored people. It it was more into like content that that took a while to make. Now it's like you just gotta regurgitate garbage at your ass, and then you'll get the views if you can react to something or just regurgitate stuff that doesn't take much effort. You'll get the views, man, in like in YouTube. But it was, and it's definitely turned into more of a behemoth of quality over. I mean, quantity over quality. But yeah, they. I, I think it's a it's definitely like his life is definitely a mixture of a whole lot of other stuff. Yeah. Well, and you saw it like that that video he put out in August was so telling. I was like, man, he's not yeah. right. So like yeah. having this happen is not for people in the FGC, I don't think it's very surprising. But for people on Twitch who use PogChamp, who probably didn't know even know what Gutex's history or like what happened with him. They were they might have been surprised by this, but for people who like saw that video from August, who knew that Gutex was going on a downward spiral, like yeah, we kind of saw like the the writing was on the wall. So I'm not surprised that this happened. Yeah, yeah man, because I yeah, I, don't know. I was like, well, I was like, poor Gooey, that boy got stupid. <laughs> he got infected with the stupid. Yeah, man, something happened along the lines, and he's definitely like. He's 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 pretty gone, man. I think at this point, with oh, whatever he's, he's way thinking. gone. Yeah. Hey, shout outs to Mike Ross though. Like that dude yeah. had the read, he had the timing, and he got out. <laughs> yeah, he, that's what I'm saying. That man said, "You, I." They're like, Mike, you can't catch me. Miss me with that, Ross. Got him. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I uh, yeah. He had the read, man. He bounced, and I think Gutex stayed, and he should have probably bounced too, man. And kept the sanity. Yeah. What's left of it? Maybe he was always like that too. Who knows, man? I'm <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, we don't know, but yeah, hindsight is certainly 2020. I do want to say, I hope that like when they come back, maybe he'll come back to um, a lot of the uh, the majors and stuff, and maybe he'll come with a better approach. You know, if they welcome him, we have we actually have a question. I was thinking that too. Yeah, yeah, we we have a question coming up at the end of the show that kind of ties into that. So remind me to to bring that up. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but next is the big one. So this is going to take a while. And I we talked before we started recording. Is uh, Remember when we did Tekken and we did all the Season 4 patch stuff? Mm -hmm. This is going to be very similar. We'll, we'll have to react to this in chunks because there's a lot to dissect here. So the title of this next 
news item is SNK seems confused and so are we. On January 7th, 2021, SNK has officially revealed the debut showcase trailer for the much anticipated fighting game, The King of Fighters 15, as well as making other announcements, which include Samurai Showdown's third season pass, King of Fighters 14 Ultimate Edition, and KOF 2002 Unlimited Match PS4 port. However, before running down all of the details from the event first, we must break down the confusion that clouded this entire announcement. Therefore, I put down a little bit of a timeline of everything that has transpired to catch everybody up, okay? Mm -hmm. So on December 4th, 2020, and we talked about this on the podcast, actually, SNK releases a concept trailer for KOF 15 with a showcase trailer to come on January 7th, 2021. That's That was the announcement. They also announced that the third season details for Samurai Shutdown will be revealed on that same day. So that was December 4th. Three days later, on December 7th, 2020, SNK changes the date for the showcase reveal from January 7th, 2021 to January 6th, 2021. On January 6th, 2021, they tweeted 18 hours before the trailer is supposed to be dropped to remind fans to tune in. 10 hours later, they tweet out saying this, quote, today's announcement, of, today's announcement of KOF 15 and Samurai Showdown's third season pass was originally scheduled for January 6th at 6 p.m. PST. It has been postponed. We sincerely apologize to everyone who was looking forward to the announcements. We will inform our fans as soon as the new date and time has been confirmed and appreciate your kind understanding, end quote. On January 7th, 2021, a Spanish website, Ultima Hora, leaks promotional KOF 15 screenshots with an article which is meant to actually promote KOF 14 Ultimate Edition. Four hours later, SNK tweets out that KOF 15 reveal will be held on January 8th, 2021 at 8 a.m. Eight minutes later, they corrected that tweet and revised the typo, which then changed the time of the reveal of KOF 15 for 25 minutes after the correction was made. So it was like, impromptu. So on January 7th, 2021, which was the original date set for on December 4th, SNK releases its KOF 15 showcase trailer with multiple translations. What a, I, what a mess. Yeah. <laughs> what a mess. Jesus. I, I have one word here and you know, I was a KOF, I'm still a KOF shill, like, don't get me wrong. But when this whole thing transpired, like, I don't understand. There was a couple things here that they were just confusing. One, why did they change the date from January from January 7th to January 6th? It, I don't know uh -huh. why they changed that. Then, when it was supposed to come out on January 6th, they decided to postpone. They didn't give us a reason. And then, when the leaks came out, they didn't even have a date yet. But then, because they saw that those KOF 15 screenshots were out, they did it 25 minutes after they announced the new date with the typo. So, like, it, it, one word comes up in my mind when I see this unprofessional like this is <laughs> oh man dude this is you know we give crap to a lot of games and the pr and marketing in the fgc is is so bad it's I... so terrible <laughs> arxis capcom smk the only one that gets it right is netherrealm but their game sucks, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. 
<laughs> Yo, you make more money from the marketing than you do from the actual game, man. It seems that way. It is though, in a way. It's like remember, like the uh, that movie. Uh, I always forget the name, man. Where the dude sold the pencil. He didn't need a pencil, but he stole it to him. <laughs> oh yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh man. Yep. 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 Yeah, this was a this was a complete mess. Uh, I don't understand the confusion and not not giving us a reason. And you know, a lot of people there's speculations online. This is why another I I don't like Twitter. One dude was saying, "Oh, if I recall correctly, I'm pretty sure all of SNK was on vacation until the seventh. But then because mm. there was six thousand COVID cases in Tokyo, Japan went into a state of emergency and locked everything down. So there's literally nobody in the office to hit play on the trailer. I don't know." if that's confirmed as being truthful or if that's just some Twitter egg being like, actually, this is what I heard. Where'd you hear that from? I didn't see a, a source. So I was like, I didn't even, I didn't even pay that no mind, but I don't know what the reason is. They'll never give us the reason. And yeah. you have the social media manager on Twitter, you know, didn't say anything that we couldn't have thought of ourselves, but the whole thing, like, I just don't understand why there was confusion. And eventually they ended up on the same date. So they could have really just not done anything and <laughs> kept the same date yeah. instead of the problem here was, was that they changed the date on December 4th. They said January 7th. And then three days later, they changed it to January 6th. So I don't know what happened there, but that really messed them up because they ended up putting it out on January 7th anyway. So mm -hmm. I just, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What? And, and the, the worst part too is also like, like I think the day before the six or something, we got a trailer of KOF fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> so like, of the ultimate edition. Like I was like, I was like, wait a minute, what? Did I just get debated from SNK. The guys I wanted to put my faith into, they threw it away, man. <laughs> they threw all the faith I had in them after that. I was like, bro, what? Why am I seeing KOF fourteen? What are you putting rollback on that? What was the point of that trailer, man? Yeah, it's. It was a complete mess leading up, but you know what? Whatever, dude. as long as we're past it. But yeah, dude, uh, it just it's a repeating cycle. Every time we want to get hyped for a game, a fighting game, rather, <laughs> they, they doodle on us, man. Well, it's the, like they the marketing, the marketing is so bad. Yeah. Whatever. So now we can get past that whole thing. Now we can actually get to the details. So let's break down this huge event. So we start with KOF fifteen. When asked by lead, lead producer Yasuyuki Oda what fans can expect with regards to how the game will play post-debut of the trailer, creative director Aisuke Ogura responded with this, quote, We're focusing on keeping the series a staple of being fast-paced while also adding elements to make it more exciting. We're able to do things now for both sound and visuals that were impossible back when developing KOF 14. So we're taking our time, making sure each element is refined, end quote. The creative director also said that despite some difficulties, the King of Fighters 15 will set to launch later this year, sometime in 2021, and that another trailer is in the oven and should be out next week, which would be the week of January 11th, 2021. You sure you don't want to change that date to January 10th, 2021? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, they're going to drop in the 12th or the 10th. Oh, man. So a couple things here. Let, we can break down what he just said a little later, but uh, just your thoughts on the trailer itself. What do you think of the trailer? Well, man, honestly, it looks good. I mean, it don't look. So here's the thing. I'm glad that it looks better than Caleb 14. That's what I really wanted in the end. 
but I'm also sad that it looks only a sl- like a bit better, like better, but not enough better. And I think a part of it for me is that KOF hasn't found a good art style in the 3D realm, if that makes sense. Kind of like Sam Show. You see, Sam Show 3D realm will always work. Those graphics will always work. Even Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter 5, Tekken, uh, those will always work in the 3D realm. But for some reason, the models in KO15 do not have a, I would even say, it, like, lacks some flavor. Like, it looks it looks pretty, like, decent. Like, it looks, like, passable. Like, enough for me to be like, okay, I can play this game, and I won't say it's ugly. But I, it doesn't have much of a kind of a flavor, kind of a style that uh, I like with, uh, you know, fighting games. It, it, like, if you look at 13's uh, sprite, like, you know, um, sprites and stuff like that, or what was it, like, art, uh, the 2D stuff, mm-hmm. it definitely had, a, a, like, a, 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 like, a style, a color. It had that flavor. But then when you went to 14, it definitely just looked like 3D models. And then it looks more like it in 15, but looks just better. That's really it. And, like, I didn't see gameplay either. So, you know, that's always a big ass thumbs down with me, man. Like, I need some gameplay, man. <laughs> man. So what's your what's your letter grade of the, the KOF 15 trailer specifically? Probably a C, maybe plus at max, probably. So you still pass like them. A C. Yeah, I'll pass them. But they're definitely at the cusp of, like, average and mediocrity. I I would agree with you. I would also give them a C, probably. And as far as the trailer, so you and I spoken before, I could give a rat's ass about graphics, to be honest. I want the game to look somewhat decent, but man, Mm -hmm. I'm okay playing games that look like absolute garbage, too. But they can't play like garbage. That's the difference. Like, you can look bad, but play really well, and you can't be vice versa, right? I don't want you to look amazing, but then I try to play, and I was just like, oh, this is awful. So, and we, you know, not, not saying any specific games out here, you know what I'm saying? But like, we got a lot of that around in the FGC, a lot of things that look really nice, but you know, don't play great. Yeah, so, man. And I will also say as a functions guy, I like, I say this out of like, if I was thinking about the functions, yeah, man, if the game works well, then I don't give a damn what it looked like, but it definitely has that problem where I feel like it doesn't have a sense of like personality like that there we go that's where i'm looking at. it don't got a sense of personality hopefully like as they said they're gonna make everything better but i don't i can't i kind of doubt it once i see what it is it, i don't know how much better it's gonna be but maybe they will make it better because they did buff the graphics of the last game so who knows yeah we don't know there's a couple things that i remember when i spoke to mike z on tmp is you know we were talking about this was before guilty gear strive was delayed i think we were talking yeah. about a developer doesn't put out anything out there he doesn't have confidence in. Like when you, mm-hmm. when we saw the UI in the lobbies for Guilty Gear Strive, they had a lot of confidence in that. That's why they showed it. So mm-hmm. when the, when the people were talking about how this game needs to be delayed and everything, he told me it was like don't expect the changes to be so dramatic that they they're just going to completely scrap the blueprint of what they have now and and write up a new one because that's not what mm-hmm. development is about. You only show things you're really proud of or, or confident in that there will be at the, at the end of the game. So that's why when you saw like the UI and Guilty Gear Strive, they gave it a little bit of a, 
a change, but it wasn't drastic enough where it's like, oh my God, this is way better. It's better, mm -hmm. but the original idea is still very much at its core. With this, yeah, I think the graphics and the character models that we see here, yes, they have some problems, but I think for the most part, what you see here is what you get. I think... Mm. I don't think they're going to look dramatically better than this. I think they'll polish, right? People were talking about shading. They have some weird uh, sizes with like limbs and stuff. You know, maybe some, <laughs> you know, some facial, facial stuff that they can work on. But for the most part, yeah. I thought it looked okay. But I'm not mm -hmm. a, I'm, a, I'm not a character model graphics guy at all. So I'm, I'm not the right person to talk about. But personally, mm -hmm. when I saw it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's kind of what I expected. I'm okay with the art style. It looks like a hybrid of 14 and Samurai Showdown, and I'm okay with that personally. Maybe the next KOF 16 will look... <laughs> it's always going to look like two gens or a gen behind, bro. That's what it feels like. Because <laughs> KOF 15 looked like a PS3 game. So I'm like, hey, man, you know, they only one gen behind. Well, two gens behind, man. Maybe the... <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But then again, they were a couple generations ahead with 13 because that game looked the yeah, best oh yeah. out of anything. But they're never going back there, man. No. And I saw a couple of people say is like the problem with 13 is that no game will ever look as good as that game, especially not mm. a KOF game. That game literally bankrupted KOF, right? So you're not going to be able to to meet that expectation ever again, especially not with a 3D art style, because even if you look at Tekken, Tekken doesn't look... It looks really good, but it doesn't look as good as like visually as what like KOF 13 looks like because it's it's all hand drawn. It's beautiful the way it moves. So mm -hmm. it's it's a difficult bar to reach because they set it so high. Mm -hmm. But from what we got, and this is early footage, and I think if a little bit more polish, if this game comes out, whatever, eight months from now, nine months from now, I think we'll be able to get what we got with the post uh, KOF 14 fixes. That they did so i don't know i visually i i got what i expected and i'm okay with that yeah uh i agree man i def i just want a new kof too man like in the end of the day i do want me a new kof that but i hope that thing has rollback good net code like it has to have good net code because if it's bad bro oh my god oh my god that's gonna be the biggest l they're gonna take they're gonna hold that l man <laughs> yeah they, they are gonna hold that l but uh we'll see obviously we got a trailer coming, hopefully, I don't know, in a few days. And yeah, I, I don't know. But um, the other part here with just closing on KOF 15, the details were mentioned during the uh, that event is that a promotional animated short directed by Fiddle Fury film director Masami Obari will also be on its way sometime in the future. So that's kind of cool. The person that did the okay. Fiddle Fury films is going to have an exclusive uh, KOF short to promote the game. Maybe that'll be a little bit better than what they did leading up to this announcement. Mm -hmm. But we have, you know, we've been talking about when's KOF 15, when's KOF 15. So, okay. We finally answered that question. It was last week. It's supposed to be here this year, maybe. But Lozy on Twitter asks, do you think SNK will be able to keep its word to release KOF 15. Do you think this game is coming out 2021? Man, I don't know. Maybe. I think so, actually, because of the fact that they, if they're willing to probably show, like, the game already, it might, it might, you, we got, like, a whole year. It is January. Might, 
Yeah, so I think I think it'll come out this year, actually. Maybe late at the end of the year at the latest. Yeah, you know what? I was initially saying, uh, this maybe can come out maybe in August, like mid-August. But I think that also is a little soon. So yeah, I think I would agree with the, the sentiment in our Discord is that this is probably a September-October game. Maybe even. Yeah. I don't know if they'll push it all the way to like December, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this game came out like around Halloween or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Alrighty. Well, that's all for KOF 15 stuff. So following the KOF 15 news, SNK moved to KOF 14 Ultimate Edition. So they already teased that at the, the beginning of the week. But this was just more information. So KOF, 4, uh, KOF 14 Ultimate Edition will release digitally for PlayStation 4 on January 20th, 2021 in North America and January 7th, 2021 in Europe, which already happened. So if you're in Europe, you can play that game digitally on PS4. And a physical copy of the version will be coming sometime in spring of 2021. The game bundles the base game with its 8 DLC characters, 10 DLC costumes, and 10 PS4 themes. I don't know what the price for it. I didn't see the price, but I'm assuming yeah. it's probably probably full price. I don't know. But uh, yeah, if you're on PS4 and you want to play KOF 14, the netcode still isn't great, but at least you get all those themes and bells and whistles attached to it so that's kind of cool ah uh, the uh ko15 has like an ultimate pack on steam but it's like 90 dollars <laughs> uh, yeah that's like doa pricing yeah and it that net code is horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not great <laughs> man that's not worth it no. well regardless playstation you guys get it so i should have looked at the price especially if europe already has it but uh yeah i, I completely slipped my mind so post the KOF 14 Ultimate Edition news, and in somewhat surprising announcement, to be honest, SNK revealed that KOF 14, or rather KOF 2002 Unlimited Match, will be receiving a PlayStation 4 port. Now, boasting the largest roster in any game in the franchise, 2002 also features Code Mystic's rollback netcode improvement made to the PC version of the game earlier, a couple months ago. However, there is currently no release date for when that game will come to the PlayStation 4 store. It's just been confirmed that it is coming to PlayStation 4. No crossplay, unfortunately, so you can't play with us here on the PC side, but you can play people on PS4 with really good netcode. Lastly, SNK closed out the show with details of its Samurai Showdown 3, or rather Samurai Showdown Season 3 pass, after revealing Cham Cham in a gameplay trailer, who is set to make her debut sometime in mid-March of 2021, the previously teased guest character from The Last Blade 2 was also revealed, that being Takane Hibiki. The game's third season pass will have a total of four characters, with two of them currently unknown. I don't know how much the season pass is. I forgot to look that up. Now, the reason why I put that little note there at the at the bottom is because we've been getting a lot of shit in the discord for talking about how we don't like season passes. Right. Which <laughs> I don't get it. But yeah. Good. But like you and I are a little different. Like I know you don't like the fact that you don't know what you're getting because the characters have question marks on them. Yeah. I'm a little different. Like I don't mind having question marks on characters. I just mind paying $35 for those characters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cause that, that's, that's, that's the problem though with me. It, I, I like question marks. I, Hey, who knows what's the next character, but what if the characters ass and I paid $35 for that, man? <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know how much this pass is, but if it is $35, I feel the same way. So my hate is not only for Granblue Fantasy, but uh, we'll see what the pricing for this thing is. But right now we know it's going to be Takane Hibiki from The Last Blade 2 and Cham Cham, who was originally in previous Sam Show games. Two more characters. I don't know who they're going to be, but I don't know the price either. So I'll look that up. I'll probably put that in podcast corrections for next week. Yeah, I, I'm actually looking it up. I don't see anything in price yet. So Maybe it's not released yet, yeah. So game director Hayato Konya detailed his reasoning for picking picking Hibiki as the guest character, saying, quote, Takana Hibiki has appeared in other games, so I felt her as a great fit. Her move list is also really flashy and cool, so I think she'll make a great addition to Samurai Showdown, end quote. I don't know much about Takana Hibiki. I don't know much about Last Blade 2, but uh, from what I saw from a little bit of the gameplay that they showed of the Last Blade 2 of hers, she looks kind of cool. So I wonder how they'll translate her. I think she'll be interesting. Uh, the game director also added that the inclusion and return of Cham Cham was predominantly due to fans' requests, and she's currently shaping up to be one of the most unique playstyle characters in the game. Lastly, the game director closed with detailing Samurai Showdown's Season 3 balance updates, mentioning the new Guard Crush mechanic, a complete rebalance to the entire game, as well as adding measures that prevent weapons from disappearing off stages. The Season 3 update is set to launch alongside Cham Cham, in mid-March of this year. It kind of sucks that that game's not on Steam. <laughs> I feel so yeah. left out. It, it, that and the, the netcode. I am so amazed. They still care. They still give a damn about Sam Show when I don't feel like anybody's playing that game. <laughs> like, who? I have not seen anybody on Twitch play that thing. So I don't know, like, where, where are they getting the money to keep putting stuff in that game, dude? Saudi Arabia. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's forgot about that one, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is weird. I don't know what the numbers look for this game look like for this game on PlayStation 4. I don't know what the numbers look like on Epic Store on PC, but I can't imagine they're that great, even though the game looks really fun. The netcode, there's a lot of things going against this game, right? Even though, like, visually it's really appealing, the gameplay looks fun, the netcode is bad, it's not on Steam. It, it's tough. It's I think it's on Stadia and Xbox Series S yeah. and X. It is on Stadia, Brett. But it's not on Steam. Oh man, it's weird because they managed to get the other Sam shows in in Steam. I think, yeah. The fact that it's on Xbox is even more. I mean, when's the last time Xbox has had another fighting game that's not Tekken or Mortal Kombat? <laughs> like exactly, dude. But you know, regardless, I know the the Epic Store version of this game. Zio keeps talking about it. How like. He still is seen when he goes online. He's labeled as a like a North American player, like USA, and he lives in mm. Taiwan. So that's a problem, obviously, especially with no rollback netcode. And it's it, they still haven't fixed that six months after they put it out there. I don't know what's going on with the netcode on PlayStation Four if they stabilize it at all. Yeah, man. I I just looked through like a little bit of the the Sam Show Reddit and like. One question was like about the Epic Store population, and one dude just answered the guy because he was asking oh, how much people are playing and stuff. And he said, one dude asked Discord only. He like answered it with that. So it might be a Discord fighter, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, funny. man. Well, we'll see if it ever gets a port to Steam. But uh, for now, you know, it looks like they're doing, making some moves, balance changes, new characters. So we'll keep a lookout for that. All righty. And the last news item of this week is under the radar tough love arena 
So on January 1st, 2021, indie browser-based fighting game Tough Love Arena launched, and although it took a little while before the word spread in the FGC, the fighting game has certainly garnered favorable responses. In a tweet made by the game's official Twitter account, the developer said this, quote, Tough Love, Tough Love Arena is a new indie fighting game that's 100% free to play, and the beta is now live. Play it now at toughloveArena.com. No installation required. We want feedback on the rollback netcode, tutorials, and gameplay in general. Please let us know what you think, end quote. As of the recording of this podcast, Tough Love Arena is on version 0.36.9. The game features six characters, four stages, multiple offline modes, an original soundtrack with comedic sound effects for its moves. And as previously mentioned by the developer's post, it features rollback netcode for its online mode. Man, okay, so... Polonius passed by and he was like, "Yo, man, you guys need to try this uh this game, Tough Love Arena." I was like, because it, the way he wrote it, I was like, "Man, you trying to send me to Meatspin.com, Marshall, man?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I don't know about that one." And then they're like, "No, no, it's a real game." And then other people told me, and I'm like, "This is exactly how I got caught in the Meatspin.com, man." <laughs> That's hilarious. So I just looked it up. It's a real game. I didn't know. I didn't believe, but it's a real game. So yeah, it, it doesn't look that bad. It's I mean, cute. It just looks yeah, it's like a little indie title. Yeah, yeah, it's really cute. I messed around with it. I got I got a seven or eight hit combo with onion, <laughs> and it's uh, I love the the effects that they have with the voices because it reminds me of the the uh, Lee Chung and and Yipes where it's like, psh, psh, psh. oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's a it's a really fun it's a fun little game i haven't gone online with it so i can't speak to its rollback netcode i just messed around in training mode with onion and uh yeah I, I liked it from what i saw it's it's a nice little neat game browser-based free rollback netcode i mean it's amazing how these indie games do things better than some yeah. of these triple a titles it's it's crazy this dude put rollback on browser <laughs> yeah i know right jesus amazing but yeah, I would like to. Uh, that's another game. If it turns out to be pretty cool, we could run a tournament for that one. Everybody yeah, can play. Yeah, definitely. It's free. Mm -hmm. Also, it's on the phone too. So if if you want to be a, a Wi-Fi warrior on your phone, I wonder if there's crossplay between PC and phone. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. So that was all for the news this week. We got one more semi-news item, but I decided to make this the fighting game topic of the week. This is Capcom's new content policy. So on January 6, 2021, Capcom released a statement that it has updated its video policy for fans creating content with game footage of its titles. Capcom warns that failure to abide by these newly established rules will result in content being removed. The company advises content creators that commentary videos shared on YouTube, Twitch, and other streaming or video platform sites should be tied to the live gameplay being shown and provide instructional or educational value. It also asks creators to refrain from sharing game footage without adding their own video or content or without listing their material as official Capcom content. According to the new policy, music from Capcom games may be licensed and should not be shared separately from game footage. Also, fan-created content should reflect the audience of the game, creating objectionable content for a game. This is such PR speak game yeah, tend to, yeah for a younger audience can result basically don't be lewd with 
characters, all right? As for monetization, Capcom urges creators to abstain from limiting users to paid access, selling, or licensing content that includes its game titles. Content, however, can be monetized through partner programs and or advertising from YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and other video sharing services, as long as the video remains free to the public. Lastly, Capcom will not allow unofficially licensed, released, unauthorized, or leaked content to be used in fan videos or use or promotion of third-party programs for hacking or cheating that violate Capcom protections. You know what they did is they did Nintendo Lite type action. Is that yeah. they said, you can use our stuff, you can still monetize it, but if we don't like it, we can remove it. <laughs> That's basically yeah, what they're basically. doing. Mm -hmm. Whereas Nintendo was just like, don't do anything, and if you try to do anything, you get bodied. Or you join our Nintendo program where we get most of what your income is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Obviously, we know Capcom from Street Fighter and Marvel, but Capcom is bigger than that, right? Capcom has mm -hmm. Resident Evil, has Monster Hunter, has a bunch of other things. So who knows really what they're targeting here, but uh, Street Fighter content does have a lot of things that go under this whole umbrella. When I first read this, I was like, okay, it seems to be somewhat reasonable. Like, I understand that you don't want, you know, just your music out there so I can make money off of it. or And you want to, there to be some sort of creative content put with Capcom's license. But do you think this is, this could be a problem for the FGC moving forward? Well, man, if they actually, like, start trying to take away the content from, like, tournaments and stuff, it definitely could be. It feels like it, it is really a lot of PR speak, and the way they're speaking doesn't really make much sense to the average video game consumer. Like, that's definitely like an older adult type of thing that knows what the hell they're read, uh, writing about. A lawyer that's type not like Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Because that's that sounds like, a, it's like a perfect way to keep their asses safe. And if they see something on like they can take it down and they've written it down now. Cause like, you know, there's so many other companies that they don't write this type of stuff down. It's kind of goes without saying just, and at the same time, they're your fan base. I mean, they're going to, they're going to go rule 34 your ass anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Sure I was going to say like, you're not going to, not going to stop that. It's like, it's like if Sega did that, then it would be, it wouldn't be good. But look at what Sega did. They flipped all that kind of crap around and they're like, Hey man, you look like you make some good ass fan games. How about you come over here and make, Sonic Mania. And then they're like, all right. You know what I'm saying? And they definitely use that as opposed to maybe what definitely what Nintendo's doing and maybe what Capcom might do because they might kind of take away from all the people that create stuff for, you know, uh, all the other games too, like the Monster Hunters and Resident Evils. And in a way, all that stuff is just free advertisement. So like there could be like this type of thing where they don't want their names being tarnished by something that could possibly do it. But I feel like it's just putting rules and regulations where they probably didn't need to be, but it's also good for them in a way to save themselves just in case something happens and they have something to fall back on. But I don't know. I, I don't, I don't feel like it's necessary, honestly. Yeah. I, you know what I was thinking with this thing is uh, this kind of gives them an ability to get rid of people who they don't like the image of with the use of their content. Like example, Let's say you really don't like me and I put out a Capcom licensed video. Let's say Street Fighter. It's a tutorial mm -hmm. to how to do a Hadouken. If Capcom doesn't like me because I represent a certain image, then they could be like, we don't want Max Spicer to be tied with Street Fighter and our license. 
So what we're gonna do is we're gonna use this new policy as a scapegoat to take it away from him so we don't have to be tied to to Max Spicer. Like, does that make sense? They could pick and choose who they want to work with now. Yeah, yeah. It definitely is an extra type of safety net for everything they probably gonna try doing from here on forward. Yeah, it's a legal way to play favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, could, it definitely could be used like that. And and it's like I said, it's not something that like the general consensus knows. You know. No one's going to be looking up, oh, what's the new? It's like people that read the terms of agreements. You don't read that stuff. So no. it's like scroll down to the bottom. Yeah. Have you ever seen the South Park episode about not reading the terms of agreement? Uh, I think I heard of it. Is that where like go sell your soul or something? Yeah. It's like it's a they're, they're joking about like the human centipede. And if you don't read the terms of agreement, they like they end up attaching you to another butt, a person's ass or something. Oh, like. It's a really yeah, funny yeah, episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 so it's similar to that type of thing where it's like you didn't read the you didn't read the content policy. I knew content was like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll see a couple months down the road if they start taking down videos. I'm sure you'll hear about it, especially if it happens in the FGC. You'll hear it on Twitter. Mm. You'll hear it on streams. So yeah, I don't know how far they're willing to take this, but uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye out if you are one of those content creators that uses a lot of Capcom licensed stuff. So just be wary. Alrighty, no no fighting game or no non-fighting game topic of the week. I had nothing. I couldn't find anything. Also, we had so much news that I figured no need to. Just go play Omori. That's all you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Play the E-Series. I, I, I was playing a little bit of it last uh, night. It's pretty fun. Sweet. Yeah, we have, we have a lot of fans of that series in the Discord. Well, speaking of games, we got some game sales here. Not too many. Now, I believe we still have those year-end sales that uh, moved over to the new year with PlayStation 4 and even Xbox One. Mm-hmm. So watch out for those because I think they're ending, maybe actually, maybe by the time this podcast will be out. I don't know. But yeah, you've had plenty of times to get all those cheap games on those two consoles. So I only have Steam Gales, Steam game sales here. And this is uh, from a key website. Obviously, this is from Fanatical. This sale ends on January 15th, 2021. So we got Melty Blood Actress again, current code, 374. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle Basic Edition, 1499, which is half off. Guilty Gear XX Accent Core Plus R, 299. Guilty Gear Xrd Rev 2 All in One Edition, 899. Chaos Code New Sign of Catastrophe, 399. Undernight and Birth EXC Late, so Uniel, 599. And the last one is Arcana Heart 3 Love Max is 599 so that's just love max it's not six stars Mm -hmm. all right listener questions so i i took a few out so if i don't read your question i'm sorry it's because i thought we were going to go over and we are actually we're not doing too bad but i figured because all those news items we might have a lot to talk about so let's see i think we have seven questions this week and we'll start with the first one so brute slayer on patreon this is not an fgc question but this is uh something that has to do with another licensing issue Brute Slayer on Patreon says, Happy New Year's, fellas. It's an anime manga related question. Have you guys heard about Shuisha? DMCA strikes on Twitter for posting stuff related to their list of known anime titles such as Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, One Punch Man, etc. I believe Japan passed this harsh copyright law to prohibit pirating manga and anime, but they are censoring content from several users' posts like GIFs, memes, even some fan art too. They even DMCA'd one of their own workers for their official DBZ art for the franchise. 
And yes, this is a Twitter thing, but it may reach out on other social sites as well. Did you hear about this? I did not hear about this. No, I didn't know anything about it, but that's some savageness. I was like, hell no, nah, man. You can't draw. You can't be drawing Gohan. What the hell wrong with you? you slap him across the head and take his money. That's hilarious. Why would you? Didn't they do this? Maybe, maybe it's not this company, but I heard there was another company that did this maybe last year where they came out with this like really harsh policy that you can't do anything. I don't know, man. Maybe uh, Japan has a lot of a lot of dumb stuff, man. Honestly, yeah, their their whole country, like that whole country, is built off fan work, man. Let's be real, man. So, like that stuff is nuts. Whenever they do stuff like that, but all of it is built off fan work, like everything. Like Dragon Quest was basically built off like wizardry, and then it's like, come on, man. Like, like all that, all that stuff is all just inspired from something else. I don't understand why they. Like everything in in Japan is basically built off Disneyland. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. Could you imagine getting like suspended or banned on Twitter because you retweeted a meme owned by Shuisha? <laughs> Shuisha? Yeah. I don't know how to say that name, but I don't know either, man. I won't try. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of wild, but you know, companies especially Japanese ones when they want to protect their, obviously we just went through it with Capcom, right? They're, they're trying to put the reins on who can do what. Yeah. I really don't get that because at the end of the day, it only harms them more than anything else. Like it may save your company a couple, I don't know, millions, but in the end of the day, it tarnishes your name. And that's really what makes like things go downhill from there. Oh, well, can't do much about it. I, you know, I don't, I like uh, the only one that I really enjoy from that list at least anymore is one punch man so it does suck if we see less one punch man stuff on twitter i don't think see this is what i think i think that you know what is one right the creator of one punch man one i don't think he'd be cool with that though man that dude's drawing so bad anyway so like (laughs) you've seen the 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 web comics yeah Hmm. oh i love it dude it's awesome yeah, it's, it's so, but it's it's such a crazy contrast of styles because he draws like doodles, but yeah, the guy, the artist who does the manga, I mean, his his art is amazing, like it's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> but see, that's the thing; it's not as cool as one stuff though. Even this, because his stuff has so much more charm. And when he gets serious, he draws really good sometimes, like certain panels, like the fight scene. Mm. He can draw them really good, but I. I just like one style so much more just because of how <laughs> how like normal and human it is. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. A little. It's not as like polished, right? Yeah, it's it's a little goofier. But you know, one does all the story for the One Punch Man. So yeah, exactly, man. So it's like it's like uh, it's like the guy that makes Berserk. It's like the exact opposite. I don't. You know about Berserk? I know of Berserk. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. So if you see the manga, it's like this dude spends like I don't know how long, man, like eon just to make a page, man. Who knows? My one product takes like 15 minutes and he just keeps it going. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that there's like uh there's an ode to one's version of Tatsumaki of uh, uh the little you know the little psychic girl. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when even in the manga, because she's drawn really cool, right? But then there are certain panels yeah. where they make her like goofy looking, where she's like a chibi, <laughs> a little chibi Tatsumaki. Yeah, yeah, I like that, man. I definitely like that. Yeah, stuff. it's funny. It's the way one actually draws her. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it sucks that that's the case. Hopefully they'll loosen up after people complain getting banned on Twitter for sharing 
fan art of uh, Bleach, but TBD, I guess. Hey, yo, man, if you're sharing fan art from Bleach, you should be thankful. Bleach <laughs> even gets fan art. Yeah, no God kidding. <laughs> Predator Rain on YouTube asks, what do you think or what do you like about 2D fighting games? I've always preferred 3D fighters, Tekken, Soul Calibur, that are alive. Any recommendations for 2D games that are easier to transition to? Now, Predator Rain is uh, my real-life friend. She plays Tekken, and she plays Soul Calibur. I don't think I've ever played DOA with her, but I know I've played the other two with her. And uh, we actually went to Combo Breaker for, I think, two years in a row now. Uh, she's a part of our little group. So yeah, she doesn't really play 2D games. Do you have like an easy, easier transition from 3D to 2D as far as a recommendation for a fighting game? For 2D, for someone going to 3D to 2D, just go so super simple, like games like Sam Show, Street Fighter. Uh... What do you think about something like Fantasy Strike? Yeah, I've never actually played that game, but what is it? You said it's like McDonald's, right? It's like comfort food. Like <laughs> it's, it's like super easy. Yeah, it's cheap. It's not very healthy, but every now and again, it tastes good. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I, I think that maybe Fantasy Strike might be good, but I also know that it's like very like bare bones. So I don't know how much fundamental stuff she'll get out of it. Uh, not that, might be, that might be good. Yeah. So I think things like Dems Fighting Her, Street Fighter, Sam Show, uh, maybe KOF, maybe. Uh, that might be perfect. Maybe not KOF. KOF's kind of weird. KOF. I, I, to be honest, I would recommend Street Fighter Five. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, man, that's like a that's a perfect beginner game. To be honest, you'll learn everything from playing that game. Literally everything: anti-airing, DP motions, quarter circles, back dashing, forward dashing, jumping, all that type of stuff. Lows, high lows. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, I think that would be a good, good game to, to try out. So, shout us to uh, Predator Rain. We call her Shiju because she plays. <laughs> She plays Xiaoyu in Tekken, and one of our non-FGC oh. friends one time, he was trying to pronounce Xiaoyu, and he said Shiju, so ever since then, we call her, we call her Shiju. <laughs> yeah, oh, and uh, what do I like about 2D fighting games? I don't know. I, I, I feel like because uh, a lot of 3D fighting games are, for some weird reason, jumping isn't a thing in those things. There was a Fate game that had jumping as a thing, and I think it was like 3D Fate Stay type of game, but... For some weird reason, jumping isn't too much of a thing. And there's a whole air game that isn't available in 3D that I really like. Yeah, I, I agree. Obviously, 3D, you have sidestepping and moving side to side is uh, more prominent than jumping. Whereas 2D, yeah, you get to play footsies, you get to play jump over my fireball. Yeah, seriously. It's fun. I will say that that's cool that some something that's very underutilized in Tekken is some characters have like a wall run type of thing. So like Yoshimitsu has a really dope one. Like he like his is like okay, that's a useful thing. But some characters have a useless one. They'll like run on the wall and they'll land on you. That, that's cool. But like yeah, they don't really like. There's not really a wall. Like there's not an air game in a lot of um, 3D. Yeah, it's just a lot of sidestepping, a lot of like ground based combat. You ever seen the the geese wall wall run where or I guess it's like a wall jump where he he does the flying squirrel at you. <laughs> 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 no man actually no i'm amazed i don't i don't i feel like geese players don't know that there's a wall run i feel like a lot of tekken players don't know there's a wall run yeah xiaoyu <laughs> like, has like a really cool flip uh so does lily yeah. it's it's actually kind of neat okay i tell you what i always say 
this person's name, and I think I'm saying it wrong. You're a fellow Spanish speaker. <laughs> How about you say this name? El Usario Perdido. Okay. So I have been butchering you it. I didn't. <laughs> I only corrected if you were really, really long. Okay. But even then, it would be funny anyways if I let you roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think it means the. I don't know if you know what it means, but I think it means uh, the lost user. Damn, I like that a lot, actually, now that I know what that yeah. is. Okay. All right. So the lost user on YouTube asks, <laughs> if, if <laughs> no, there, you're gonna just say that. <laughs> I'm going to say that for now, just to not butcher the name. Um, Go ahead. If there is a weird and obscure IP that you like a lot, how would it be in a fighting game? Or how would it be as a fighting game, rather? Do you have an obscure IP you think could translate over? I don't know, man. I like... Hmm. I don't know, man. That's a that's a good one. Well, there's a um, no. I can't. I, well, there's this there's this series that was like I liked it a lot. It was a, it was, but it was only like it was too. It's a huge, huge. Have you ever heard of the Atelier series? There's so many of them. Uh, Aisha, I, yeah, I crap. think I have heard of it. I don't. I I couldn't tell you if I saw a picture. I couldn't tell you what it was, but I've heard of the oh, name good. before. Yeah. So they made two series that I really like. And nobody talks too much about them, but they were more traditional based games. Uh, it was the Iris series, and then it was like Manichemia. And uh, those are the ones I like. I don't really like all the other stuff because it's like a weird slice of life stuff I don't really care too much about. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty different. No one, they're pretty obscure, I think. Uh, I think it would work pretty well as a fighting game. You have so many different kinds of characters that uh, I, I think it would work. It, you, you just got a lot of like, a lot of everything in that kind of game so i think it works and it's like alchemy based so maybe they can make you know items or stuff like that around it too so yeah huh, that's neat yeah that's cool yeah that is niche i did not know what that was <laughs> yeah it well the series is humongous i'm talking like i think there's like 20 plus 30 games okay and it's not really obscure anymore in, in the jrpg world but the games those small series they they didn't really the the Iris series is like it only was like three games, and then Manakimi only had like two. But there were like PS2 games where like they're pretty one off. No, like they were they were just there, and then they just kind of never came back. Hmm. I've I've definitely heard of the word Atelier. I think it was like Atelier, like Orona or something like that. I've yeah. heard that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Orona, Atelier, Isha, Atelier, Elia, all these kind of crap. I don't know, man. It's just Atelier. It's, it's basically the alchemy series. Okay. It's like a it's like a slice of life JRPG where they like make items and stuff. Hmm. All righty. Obscure, huh? Do you want some real obscure stuff? Listen to this. There is a Korean manhwa that's called Girls of the Wilds. Oh boy. <laughs> and Girls of the Wilds is set in like, you know, normal day life or whatever, but it's uh it's about a guy who's uh, too broke to pay for like good school. He's in high school that they admitted him for free at this girls only Academy, but it's a martial arts Academy. So one of your activities has to be joining a sport, but they don't have traditional sports. They have all martial arts. So there's a bunch of characters, but they're all girls. So actually there are a couple guys too, that are from different schools. So you could put those in there, but there's a there's Queen who she's the MMA girl. You got Choi Dal Dal who's the Taekwondo. You got Lee Moon Young who's a boxer. You got a, a couple of weapon people 
and it's mostly hand-to-hand combat. So mm-hmm. you have uh, Son Jae-gu, who's the main character. He kind of learns combat through all of those martial arts. So he doesn't really have mm-hmm. one. He almost becomes like a pseudo MMA person, right? Because he's learning from all of them. So I think Girls of the Wilds would be kind of tight, to be honest, to have as a as a fighting yeah, game. Man. I I want to toss in another one because it just came to me since you just one up me in obscurity. Mm-hmm. Freaking, there is this anime called uh, The Law of Uiki, right? And that doesn't really talk much, but like there's these like uh, like each character has like these special powers. And so the main character power is recycling. Like the dude, <laughs> he could get garbage and recycle it and pull trees out of his hand and stuff like that or grow trees. So like if there's any garbage, he can always recycle it into like grass or trees or plants and stuff like that. And I don't know, I, that, that whole concept was pretty funny to me, man. Like he is just, a, he was a garbage man, basically. That's hilarious, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It, it's actually pretty, it's, I like this series. It was, it's like a, it feels like a Shonen Jump type of series, and a lot of characters have different powers. And I think even then, and they made like a second series, but it was only manga. And his second power was instead of recycling, the dude is able. He's like basically his weapon is like a mop, and he can like he pulls out mop like a mop out of his hand or anything that's like he's like a janitor in the next <laughs> one, basically. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty silly, man. That's funny. He just pulls out like a bunch of copies of BB Tag because he's a trash man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the trash shop, y'all. <laughs> All right. Nanya on YouTube asks, oh, and this was, the, okay, so this was the question that we were talking about. If if they'll let Gutex, oh, they'll let Gutex back into the FGC or whatever in, in tournaments. Should the FGC have the right to blacklist other members based on actions made not directly affected by the FGC? I think... I don't know if he meant it or if it's just really good timing, but it sounds like he means, or not means, but he sounds like he's referencing something like Gutex's case where Gutex did something outside of the FGC that got him in trouble. Should the FGC blacklist him because of what he did that didn't affect us specifically, but it affected other people and he's technically a part of our community? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Uh I think so, because, I mean, hey, man, he could have stabbed somebody. You don't want this dude. <laughs> you don't want this dude around you if you stab somebody and you know about it or something like that. But I will say there is this weird thing where I have where I have where I feel like the FGC is kind of like a fresh start in a way. Not necessarily like everything you did is gone, but more so like we're not judging you based off the things you did in the past. We're judging you based off who you are as a person now. Even, but he, he has such he a huge history, though, right? So it wouldn't really be yeah. a fresh start yeah. for him. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Because I'm saying, like, in general, oh, for, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. blacklisting other people. But if we were talking about Gutek, yeah, maybe. Like, I guess if that if that feels like it's accountable enough to keep him away from the FGC, I guess it is. But I guess another question is, who the hell makes that decision? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, like, governing body of people. And if there was, that'd be worse. <laughs> so it's it's weird yeah i don't know it i do i okay so for a general audience i do kind of agree with you is i guess depending on the offense but how would you even find out unless you already know like if it's out there and it was public mm-hmm. like a dude whatever hit his girlfriend and then two years later he's trying to show up to combo breaker it's just like i don't know if we really want you around <laughs> you know yeah. with gutek specifically i would say I don't know. I think, first of all, I think Gutex needs time off. <laughs> he needs, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Actually, a bit of a tangent here, specifically with Gutex. Where are his friends, man? Yeah, seriously, dude. I just the, the, this is a problem that I have a lot with the FGC, is uh, especially when you see it on social media. These guys, they don't help out each other at all, especially from that uh, Los Angeles circle. A lot of those Cal- those South Cali guys. Yeah, man, I think that's the case, especially with those guys, man. What I don't understand, Gutex used to be one of the biggest names in the FGC and still is a recognizable figure. I mean, his face was literally tied to Twitch until two days ago. And he had a lot of people who wanted to be around him. He's had so many colleagues and friends throughout the years where are they like how come nobody reaches out to gutex and say hey man you need some help are you all right like what's going on in that head like can we what like what happened i don't understand that in the fgc like it's so easy to be like listen gutex is off his rocker but i'm not his friend so i don't know what's going on with him but like i i don't know it's weird yo man i, I want to call out i'm not gonna say the name say the name kind of do but yeah. Okay. So yeah. So this dude, Ultra David, basically did the same. He was like, you know what? Now I'm gonna just block Gutex. So the question is, was he ever a friend? If he ever communicated with the guy, did he ever take the chance or time to talk to him? If because they all know each other. And one thing I remember too is Mike Ross mentioned it. Man, he said in that long ass lengthy Reddit post where he was like, you know, my birthday passed, and before all my all these people called me. Now nobody called me. It was like one or I think he's mentioned like one or two people. So it's like, yeah, you're right. I, I agree with that. What the hell is his homeboys, man? If you guys care so much about this guy, where are his friends? Maybe. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I won't give Ultra David the benefit of the doubt. Nope. But I'll give everybody else the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they they reached out to the guy. And maybe we don't see that they did. Maybe. But maybe they said, nah, he freaking crazy. And they just said, nah. Because I, I feel that really is the case with a lot of those L.A. guys, man. I feel like they're not taking care of each other too well. Um, and I'm going to throw out a weird thing. So, you know, there's this. Remember when I was talking about The Wire? Mm-hmm. Like I was watching that. One of the things I hated about The Wire, and I think it's pretty true, is that they don't hold their friends accountable to the actions they make very well. They don't really like one of them, like plenty of them would know they're cheating on their wives and they they would cover for them. And it's like, dude, that's not holding your friend accountable. You're help. You're enabling the bad actions he's doing. And a lot of the cops in that show do that. And I know that there's the show is basically showing that there's no black and white. But, dude, like it's like, come on, man. That's not like to me, that's not having good friends, man. A good friend wouldn't let me just keep doing that. Like he wouldn't enable it. It's either the friend tries or he leaves after he's tried. But, like, when I see that with, like, Gutex, I'm like, did people not try? Or did they just say, ah, screw this guy? Is, is it, like, is that how it is? Or, you know, I don't know. So, but I don't know, man. That dude's life seems like, I don't know. If you, if I feel like maybe they tried. Or I also feel that I, that they didn't try at all. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. We, we can't say. But I'm saying Gutex was so huge that I would assume at least somebody even publicly would say, be like, hey, you know, can we give Gutex some help or can we get him some help or can somebody talk to him? The, I This is a problem that I've had, especially with that LA circle. You mentioned Ultra David, like, you know, obviously we know Ultra David, but Ultra David, he's a weasel. Like, that's kind of like yeah. what he is. And right. 
he is a Randall man. Let's just be real. He man. is. Like, like if you, we're gonna air it out. Me not trying to be. I don't want to burn bridges and stuff. But man, he a weasel, bro. He a Randall man. Like the recent Randall. Like that dude. Just like he looks out for himself. It seems like. And I think everybody, like, like everybody. A lot of people know this at this point. And it's like, like what was it that Imagine Obama thing? And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that at the end of his stream. Yo, that was funny as hell. And I was like, even Majin Obama knows, but he probably doesn't say it. But he he really only looked like he's looking out for himself, man. And I mean, hey, by all means, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. I won't hate on it. I mean, I won't like you that much for that reason. But I mean, you are human and you try. That's what humans do. It's just bad when they do it so much to a point where it's like showable. Like you're showing it now. Like it's like, come on. Well, man, he doesn't hide it. He doesnn't hide it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yo, now, now I feel like he hides it a lot less than before. The dude was probably like that the whole time. Like he, he really is like a weasel, and it, it sucks with that LA circle too, man. I feel, I feel like they're not. I feel like for some reason, I feel like the guys in New York are closer. Like uh, the uh, what's it, the the Yipes guys and all those dudes, all those dudes over there. I feel like they're closer, man. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I would agree. The Okay, so a couple points. One, I'll make the point about Ultra David. Ultra David, he's quick to bury anybody, right? Because he also likes the virtue signal, which is whatever. That's his personality. But um, remember before all the Lab Zero stuff came out about Mike Z, when it was just about Bunny and all that, mm. he he buried Mike Z right away, like super quick. Yeah. And it's it's so easy it's just like you guys have no loyalty you guys are hanging out maybe they weren't in the same circle right or maybe it wasn't super tight but still you're in the same area you're just gonna do it to that guy you're gonna see him at a tournament eventually it's so easy over yeah. twitter but when you're face to face like i don't know it's just it's, it's cowardly yeah it is and i will even say they invited the dude to the show mike z was on that podcast with them he's talked to them about all that kind of stuff he encouraged uh, Ultra uh, James Chen. I was going to say Ultra Chen. James Chen, the freaking uh, new game developer. He was encouraging. He was like, hey, man, start now if you can. I can help you. I mean, like, dude, like, but they shot that man in the foot. It was like, hell no. Nah. And I'm like, wait a minute. You don't even know the size of the story. Yeah, and he was so quick to bury him. It's sad. It's just like, come on, like, whatever. That's, that's his personality, whatever. He can do whatever he wants. Um, I know that, for example... Again, not to put this person on blast or anything. This is what I saw on Twitter. L.I. Joe. Do you know who L.I. Joe is? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Big. Uh, he was a street fighter, pretty much America's hope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, back yeah. back in 2016. So L.I. Joe, he, you know, it stands for Long Island Joe. So he's not a part of that that L.A. crew. But uh, mm -hmm. I know him and Gutex are good friends. And mm -hmm. I saw L.I. Joe put on Twitch being like, hey, Twitch, if you all need a new PogChamp, here's a suggestion he put a bunch of faces and it's like i just to me it doesn't look like a good look like go talk to your boy what's going on with your friend man like what's happening with that guy he's off his fucking rocker get him some help <laughs> don't suggest emotes on twitch like i don't know that's that's pretty true because in a way it it also shows it's like hey man now that y'all done with his ass how about this <laughs> it's like yo that's kind of messed up where's man. the loyalty and it's then like, again i don't know maybe they did reach out maybe he said no 
but it looks bad. Yeah, it it, it just doesn't look good. Uh, and like it's too soon, man. Like it, like yeah, at least give it a couple of days. Like don't do that. Like if you don't if you if you don't like his ass no more or he did you dirty, I mean don't just be so quick to do that. I'm like god damn, like you really kept it. Like he messed it. Really did you dirty or you don't like his ass no more for real for real. It's it's crazy. I don't understand why the this mentality of just burying each other. You know what? Another thing that happened. He's not in a lay circle. I'm pretty sure he's somewhere in in Utah or something like that, but, uh, uh, coefficient, right? Coefficient. Mm -hmm. Remember when that whole thing came out, when he called the grand blue character, damn, what's the, what's the little girl's name? Grand blue. I don't know. Something like that. A little she man. I don't know. man. Yeah, exactly. Right. So he made that reference. He said, it's uncle uh, Cagliostro, right? He said, it's, it's un uncle Cag. And he put that as yeah. his like thumbnail or something like that, because apparently Cagliostro is an old man alchemist inside of a body of a little girl. So, yeah. so he got a bunch of heat. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. He got a bunch of heat for saying uncle cag because it's transphobic, which mm -hmm. first of all, it's not <laughs> because it's literally an old man in a little girl's body. It's not like he had a sex change operation. It's just stupid lore, but he got a bunch of heat for doing that. And I saw a bunch of people who were supposedly supposed to be, you know, in that anime community, the content creation space, bury this mm. dude. And look, oh, man. listen, on paper, I'm supposed to not like Coefficient because he does a lot of VTuber content. He plays games I hate, like Grand Blue Fantasy and Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. But that dude is cool. He, I'm sure he didn't mean any of that stuff. So I wasn't going to be like, hey, man, that's you're canceled. Fuck you. You're done. I just don't understand. The FGC loves doing that. They love hitting the cancel button so quick. The dude made a mistake on Twitter. You're going to end his life for it? So FGC has no loyalty, in my opinion, when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, man. I, I Yo, I don't even think he made a mistake, though. He won. <laughs> I mean, I want <laughs> like, to. He, he don't deserve anything. Like, it, it, if anything, everybody should have just been like, haha, and just went on with the damn day. But people care too much about things that don't really matter in the end. <laughs> yeah. That's everyone's so many times like i don't care if coefficient posts non-stop videos of vtubers if that's what the hell he likes let that man do what the hell he likes man it's not like it's harming anybody it's not destroying anyone it's wrong man it's like wrong it, and that's how it is i remember i was listening to this david goggins thing and he was like you know what man there's always going to be haters they, if, if you could walk on water they would hate and tell you he only walks on water because he doesn't want to swim like yeah damn that's so <laughs> true <laughs> they hate on jesus that man had the answer. <laughs> yeah. So it's so frustrating. And the anime community, from what I've seen, isn't the greatest either community. So, yeah, man, it, it definitely got its problems there. And I, I could see how they could kind of shoot them down really quick. But I will say I, I like Coefficient, too. Cool guy from what I've seen. His VTuber thing is freaking weird, though. But, hey, man, that's what he liked. That's what he liked. And I say that to his face, too, because I'm not afraid of saying stuff like that. That's what he liked. That's what he liked, man. Yeah. I, also, I, one, one last thing, and we'll get to the next question. Sorry, I'm going on a huge tangent here. But uh, you have to be able to separate the work from the man. And, you know, I do that with, like, Ernesto Lopez, right? I can't watch Ernesto's button check because it's all drama and it's it's clickbaity. But I've spoken to Ernesto. That dude is chill. He's cool. He's a sweet, sweet guy. He's a really nice person from what my account of him. Same thing with Coefficient. Mm -hmm. That guy is hes a really cool dude. I don't like VTubers. I don't really like that content. 
or the you know the fighting games that he particularly enjoys. But he's a he's a cool dude. He's a really nice guy. Mike mm-hmm. Mike Z, for example, right? I don't care for anything that Mike Z has done to those people at Lab Zero if he did anything or whatever. But when that guy talks about fighting games, I listen. I'm sorry, but I just have to separate the person from or the the man from the work. The question always comes down to how willing, how far are you willing to take that? Because so, in the case of like Ernesto, yeah, I mean, yeah, his button thing is like I'm, I feel like he trapped himself, man. He's like forever trapped into that like that constant whirlpool of like, oh, let's talk about Twitter drama and this and that. It almost feels like FGC translated how it just turned into a, a Daigo translated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it kind of trapped itself. But I would say Daigo translated is not as it's not bad at all, really. But like him and Ernesto just trapped himself. And like in a way though, he's still not really doing anything wrong, I would say. He's not necessarily like sure it's pretty clickbaity and it doesn't really help the FGC, I'd say sometimes in a way can put shed light into a subject or it can shed light in a bad way. And coefficients way coefficients thing is like he's his own, like he's like I feel like he's in his own tunnel. But then there's also like it gets to sometimes a point where you really can't separate it because in a way it's still part of the person. Like I will say, for example, uh, I don't know if I told I think I told you about the story about the rapper named Kendrick Lamar, where this dude brings a a, a, a white person. I will say white person on stage and then he wants her to sing the lyrics. This dude specifically picked her and he wanted her to sing the lyrics and the lyrics had the N word in it. And then she says the N word He's like, no, 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 you can't say that word. You could say everything else, but this, you can't say that word. And she was humiliated around thousands of people. And he told her not to say it. When he picked her to do it, I was like, after he did that, I deleted every song on that. (laughs) I was like, screw this bass. I deleted every song of this guy on my phone, man. I was like, hell no, what a douchebag. I don't care how great your music is. That's scummy, man. That's like messed up. And you, and I cannot separate that because that's also part of the person but i do great i do understand though that there is kind of like a like yo this is his work and this is his person like i won't separate like i don't want to separate mike z from his work because part of him is a big part of the work he does is who he is he just seems like i guess a really weird guy that doesn't understand a lot of things but people tell it to him and he still don't get it so i don't know what his case is though like i don't know I still can't believe anything I heard from because it sounded like a bunch of he say, she say type stuff. Mm. But I definitely agree with you, though, when it comes to hearing people and the work and hearing them. Because I believe Ernesto's probably a real good dude. Same thing with Coefficient. Coefficient's just a dude that likes to simp on VTubers. Hey, man, he even says it. He is simp. Yep. Ernesto trapped himself. I and, like, and I like when he started trying to put comedy skits because I first saw Ernesto a long time ago and he did a skit and it was really funny and i had a buddy that told me about him before he did that but then he did button check and it became oh this is what's on twitter oh he's hating all oh, this sucks it's like ah he became into that and i started not liking it as much yeah i mean he, he kind of found his niche and he has to do it now and yeah, yeah he trapped he's trapped <laughs> right yeah man so he's got to sneak his, his the stuff he really want to do in that trap it's the only way but yeah sometimes it feels like like it's it's good to separate it but sometimes it, i also have to tell myself that it is part of the person sometimes people are really good at separating those type of things from what they do 
I don't know if you ever seen Dexter. You ever seen Dexter? Uh, yeah, where he's like a serial killer. Yeah, yeah he's a serial killer, but he gets separated with his work. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, certain people, like, you can separate. But yeah, I agree with you. I, like, for example, I don't, I can't separate, like, Ultra David and his commentary. That, that dude's a weasel, yeah. and I don't like listening to weasels. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah, I can't do that. He says no more. Uh, him and James Chen. So that that's not going to happen anymore. Now when I hear those guys, I'm going to be like, ugh. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was a huge tangent. I apologize for getting into yeah. that, but uh, <laughs> oh, we got a couple more questions here. The next one comes from Desert Point Surf on YouTube asks, oh, and he actually got a response to it. So I figured we could dissect both. When, when did the Xbox become such a left out platform in the FGC? In the Street Fighter 4 era, almost all of the tournaments were on, on 360, and now most of the player base is exclusively on PlayStation. Not complaining, I play on PS4, but I wanted to know what happened. Now, Carusas replied on YouTube, Sony's exclusivity deal with Street Fighter 5 was the first tipping point, then the downfall of Western fighting games, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, MK11, Injustice 2, and the rise of Japanese fighters, mainly Arxis games, which are exclusive PlayStation, which, which are exclusive to PlayStation, Blaze Blue, Grand Blue, and Guilty Gear, finally coupled with low sales of the Xbox. TLDR, Sony exclusivity deals with fighting games and the rise of Japanese FGC over the Western scene and low Xbox sales. Do you agree with Carusa's response to Desert Surf? There's a Desert Point Surf? Yeah, he kind of right, man. I mean, that was like, it was basically, because in Combo Burger 2016, when I went, I saw plenty of Xboxes out there. They even ran Xbox for like um, uh, Darkstalkers. So like uh, VSAV had it. And I think a couple other things actually had 360s. But it also, I think also what made it a tipping point too, is the fact that when you have a PlayStation console, your stick has to be able to work under Xbox and PlayStation. When all you need is like when when all you need it is to work because for some reason, most of the sticks we buy nowadays, especially nowadays, they have a connection with PC, PS4, and PS3. But sometimes they just don't connect with Xbox stuff. This might be a part of it. And I noticed that with a lot more stuff as like more games came out, came along, they just kept coming out on the Sony side of things. So then for you to play Xbox, you'd have to have a stick just for that. And that's like a like that's an extra uh, expense, an extra expense for that type of thing. Or you had to have like some sort of Brooks converter. But then it was like, you know, the PlayStation, DS4, DualShock 4, and the sticks on the Sony. Everything just kind of worked well for Sony, and the Xbox really just kind of fell out, man. It, there, like I will say, one thing I like about the Xbox 360 in general is that the everything is cheaper there. Like the Xbox stuff is so much cheaper mm. than the Sony stuff, but exclusivity really did help playstation and especially since a lot of the japanese games keep they don't really really they don't re- release the games on the xbox no. which is really weird, but they just don't yeah that's the, that's why it's so, it was so surprising when i started playing persona i was on 360 that's why I, I played it i guarantee you i would have been a completely different fighting game player because i had a 360 i also had a ps3 but i didn't play it as much but if if persona 4 arena didn't come out to 360. I don't know if I would have sunk as much time into it as, as if. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I like my 360 way more than my PS3. And yeah, Arxis games they stopped. Like they they're exclusive to PlayStation 4. And actually now, they're coming at the same day to, or maybe not the same day, but relatively shortly after, maybe a month or so to PC. So. And 
I would even say that Xbox sold poorly in Japan as well. So that didn't help the interest of games being on the Xbox. Like people, man, those things just don't get bought in Japan, man. Like, and there's only two countries that matter. <laughs> like America and Japan when it comes to fighting games. I swear to you, dude. Yeah, but he's right about Street Fighter V being the tipping point with that exclusive deal for PlayStation because yeah. I remember back in the day, I think it was twenty, yeah, twenty sixteen or so, maybe E three twenty sixteen. They were talking about to Phil Spencer. They were like, uh, "Street Fighter V is going to be exclusive to PlayStation. Is there anything you could tell us about that? If it maybe perhaps could come to Xbox in the future." I remember Phil Spencer saying, well, we're really confident with the fighting games we have on Xbox One. And what fighting games did they have on Xbox One? Killer Instinct. <laughs> Bruh, what do they have on Xbox One as a fighting game, man? They only have one. And and back then, 2016, I, I mean, Killer Instinct was already on its second year. So yeah. it was still, it's not, it, was, it wasn't like an old title, but it was aging. So I was just like, huh, that... Is not does not bode well for Xbox and fighting games at all. Damn, you're right. They 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 very they have a hand. you can actually call out the handful. Of them. They got DLA six, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom three, MVCI, KI, Mortal Kombat, and DBFZ and Injustice, and I guess Tekken maybe. I don't yeah, know. they have Tekken That's on terrible. Xbox. They, I don't think they have That's... King of Fighters. I don't believe is on Xbox One fourteen. That is and. Yeah, the, I mean, PlayStation really cornered the market as far as FGC titles. So that's why you see tournaments run them unless it's exclusive to Xbox, which is really that only game that would be exclusive to Xbox is Killer Instinct. But even that you can play on PC. All right, two more here. They come from Discord. As on Discord asks, what is the least visually appealing mainstream fighting game available today you know as i was writing down this question i was thinking about it i don't think i can really pick one because it says because he added mainstream in there what are what... Mm-hmm. we did that on purpose oh okay <laughs> we, yeah, it was us man we because we were like because it, it was like well fight <laughs> and then like and then i think i think it was zeal that was like nah man put mainstream makes it harder i was like all right Oh, okay. So see, when you add mainstream, what does that mean? Does that mean a lot of people play it? Or does that mean that people know about it in the FGC? Like, what's the definition of mainstream? I guess something that isn't like shovelware, I guess we could say. Something that isn't too shovelware and is an actual like thing that people play, I guess we could just say. Okay. If I say the name Omen of Sorrow, do you know what that looks like? Uh, I think I've seen that before, man. (laughs) (laughs) you mentioned it before man yeah it's it's pretty bad looks like a uh, like a bootleg in mortal kombat yeah that's why i didn't say mortal kombat even though mortal kombat isn't known for having great you know character design or rather character models and graphics but in animation but uh if you want to one-up that omen of sorrow but i I mean i don't know if that's mainstream because how many people know what omen of sorrow is that name doesn't help it no it really does look like an nrs game man now that i'm looking at even the numbers on the side when you get a combo it's uh it plays like ass it looks like ass and i'm pretty sure it's, <laughs> it's sold like ass too so oh man damn dude you got the ass trifecta. i can't really <laughs> there's three letters in ass <laughs> uh i can't really think of uh a, a least visually maybe I don't want to say MVCI, 
but I'll probably just go with that one because I can't think of anything at the top of my head. It's not very good looking. It's pretty ugly. That patch on the PC makes it look a lot better. What looks worse to you, MVCI or KOF 14? MVCI. Wow. KOF 14, I could look at, man. I think MVCI is <laughs> worse. Because KOF 14 still has like decent faces, man. I don't know. I think it, I think it looks better. Yeah, I think it's too, a lot man. better. Yeah, but MVCI looks just ugly, man. Like, I, and I think also what what probably doesn't help is not even the faces in the MVCI, but the the, the color palette uh, selection. It's just so like boring. Yeah, it is. It wasn't good. Yeah. It, you know, it's bad when your game got like somewhat of an update, and it still mm-hmm. looks like it still doesn't look great. Yeah. It looks bad. I, the the uh, that PC patch they did, they gave it like a shading effect, and it looks like ten times better. <laughs> but it, it definitely still looks very ugly looking. Like some characters look really good though, like Arthur from uh, Ghouls and Goblins, because it's like he's very easy to make. But like a lot of other characters, like Dante, for instance, looks ugly. And Chun Li, you already know about yeah, that. Yeah, we know about Chun Li. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh boy. So yeah. I'd say MVCI. Although they, they did fix her face, but she still looks wonky. Yeah, she does. She, she definitely does. All right. The final question of the week comes from Scruffy Sword on Discord. And he asks, besides the big names, what other N64 fighters did you enjoy? This is a question. <laughs> out of left Yo, field. Yo, what he said? cracking out, man. That's hilarious. N64. I don't think I had an N64 growing up because I went from playing my brother's Sega to then my mom bought a PC, so I completely missed that. But you want me to name some? I'm assuming Killer Instinct was on there. Killer Instinct Gold, Mace the Dark Age. I don't know if these are all fighting games, actually. Mortal Kombat 4, Clay Fighter 63 Half, Ugh. Fighters Destiny, uh, KI 2, I think was on it too. Um, uh, Super Smash Bros., I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Clay Fighters Sculptor Cut, I think was on it. Uh, there's really nothing else after that, man. I know uh, Scruffy Sword likes he likes clay fighters, or at least he pretends to like clay fighters. Just so we'll talk about it on the podcast. Or so. you don't like that game? Yeah. <laughs> he messing with you. It's horrible, dude. I I've I've seen it. It's horrible. Oh man. Well, that's all for the questions this week. We have shout out of the week, but I have no shout out to give. You know, I was thinking, I was like, who do I give a shout out to? But uh, all I could think of is. Uh, the FGC kind of sucks, man. <laughs> Are we talking about the games or the community? Both, man. <laughs> That's what I knew you'd say. Yeah, both. Yeah. This week has been this week, not so much with the games, because I, you know, I, I've been playing TFH, a little KOF, and some Undernight. So I'm playing decent games, right? I'm playing pretty good games. But the community is just really uninspiring to me sometimes. And this week was a big Big part of it. Not to not to end this podcast on a downer note, right? That sucks. But man, just kind of FGC, man. Just get your shit together. Just stop being dickheads, and I don't know. Get off Twitter. I think yeah. I think the big part of it really is the uh, the the quarantine and not being able to see anybody's faces and not being able to see how much someone has changed and all this type of like lack of really interpersonal. Like you know, I think some people really got jacked over um, with. Uh, the uh the lack of community um Mm -hmm. especially old people especially old people but i think people really got messed up with the lack of community and not being around other people because there's people that need that personally i don't i almost think people don't need that but 
I don't need that. I'm a freaking like I'll be all right, man. I'm a I'm a goddamn I'm a I'm a survivor, man. Anything I survive through anything. I'll be out there freaking eating dirt if I have to to survive. Anything I'll do, also <laughs> any kind of way I can find nutrition, I'll survive. But I think that the forced quarantine has really kind of shaped a lot of people's uh, opinions on one another, especially with the election type of stuff. Didn't help much either. The climate is just not so good. I mean, 2020 was a lot of things, man. It was good for me. Think about it. I mean, we did this. A couple other good things happened financially for me. It's not <laughs> like I was, I was like, hey, this is not so bad. It's a bit, but it's been rough still, like even on the other side of things. And uh, man, hopefully, like stuff kind of started getting squared away better this year. Uh, well, even this, though, like the the mm-hmm. the inception for this was because that I've I've been soured on the community. Like that's why I don't really care mm-hmm. to to have people from the FGC or whatever proper FGC on TMP anymore because I got tired yeah, of man. the FGC, man. That's why I wanted to start something different. I was like, I don't care for the big FGC anymore. I want to make my small FGC and just not, I don't want to like separate. But I, I just wanted to focus on something else. And when I see stuff like that on Twitter and the way that people react on their streams and the way they, they talk about other people who they're supposed to be friends with, it's disheartening, right? Because we talk shit here and, you know, we, we mess around. But for the most part, even though it doesn't look like it all the time, we keep it real and we do tend to keep it classy. Just people don't like our opinions. That's really what it is. Like, you don't like the fact that I don't like VTubers. You don't like the fact that... I don't think Grand Blue Fantasy is a fun game or whatever. But I'm not being disrespectful. I'm not saying, oh, I used to love Grand Blue Fantasy, but then, you know, they nerfed my character, so now that game sucks. Because that, I mean, that's kind of like how I see a lot of these people in the FGC treat their friends or supposed friends. They nerfed my Mm -hmm. friend, so that friend sucks now. I'm going to jump to somebody else. Man, where my patch at, man? My 2.0 friends. Yeah, man. And uh, it, it really does suck. Uh, like, it, it just, yeah, I don't really, I'm not too much of a community guy, I'd say. I don't really hang out with a lot of people. And if I do, that'd be a rare occasion. But it's like, at least like when you're around those people and you do think you care for them, you should, I guess. But there's a lot of, like the lack of caring, man. That's what it is, man. It, it sucks, dude. Like when, when, when you got people that are so, so quick to oust another person, it's like, that's where it, like the care goes, man. It just goes right out the window, dude. Just because somebody does something a bit differently, you're ready to kick, you're ready to cook his ass, man. And that's not right, man. Everybody's different. Yeah. And nobody. You know, look at our discord. Like you have, you know, Jam and Zeal, for example, they should not on paper. They should not like what we do here. Right. Cause we don't, yeah. we don't share a lot of, similarities <laughs> as far as the my man said batman is trash freaking <laughs> he said dc is horrible he cut me deep with that when he said teen times go is good i was like ah <laughs> <laughs> see but like we nah. can get past that right like we have different opinions and we can still get along it seems like it, and like the the quote-unquote fgc hollywood not us but the other people that doesn't exist. They just they get rid of you. It's just like it's it's gross, but it's it's a very fake world. That's what it is. It is. It's not genuine enough because everybody like I don't care if he doesn't like that. And yeah, I don't really care if he like he doesn't like Batman or DC. It's funny if he don't. I understand. Whatever. Everybody. There's always a negative and a, and a pro and con. To everything. It's like I said before. If someone takes a dump on Dragon Quest, I'm like I'm not going. 
I'm not gonna hold nothing for. Him. I'm like, well, hey man, that's you, man. I'm gonna play me some Dragon Quest though. And they, you know, like, but it really is like that fake environment, and it sucks because these are the same type of people. What was it like? I don't know if you ever saw. So like, I mentioned this dude, low tier guy, talked about it one time where he was talking about this dude, and he was like, man, I ate chicken wings. We sat at the table, ate chicken wings, and then he's gonna talk behind my back around. And it's funny because. That dude talks behind everyone's back. So like, <laughs> like, it don't really matter, but it's also like, it's kind of telling when this person that is able to say that, and then you notice that they are doing it in a way they should be above that, they aren't. So it's still like, they're all in this hodgepodge in the bottom right there. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's what it is. These people, you'll eat with them. You'll share a table and eat meals with them. And then next thing you know, they'll drop your ass quick, man. And, that's terrible, dude. It's not right. That's weird to me, man, personally. No, it's it's not right. It's not what I initially saw when I first uh, joined the FGC and then saw like it was almost like kind of like a camaraderie and like brotherhood. It, it became clicky. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I remember reading a, a little comment on YouTube a while ago about talking about how someone was like, no, nah, I'll never I'll never like the FGC, man. I had a pretty bad experience. I noticed how they are. It's terrible. And I was like, damn, man. That sucks. And I've had nothing but poor experiences with majors, but I've had a really great experience with my local scene. And in fact, they're the reasons why, like, my local scene out here in Salem, they're really good people, man. We're friends. We're like, we're friends, friends. Like, we'll talk to each other about real ass stuff. And we won't have any problems with it. And that's like, that's a big separation as to what you'll see with a lot of the people a lot of other people in that FGC where they don't like, it seems like if they'll talk about something serious, they'll kind of shut it down or not look too into it or, Hey man, well, whatever, get good scrub. Like, <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get good scrub. Life sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, that's what sucks, man. Yeah. But you know, what doesn't suck is FGC Hollywood because, uh, Damn right. yeah, I like what we built here. I like what we're doing. And if you like it too, then you can join us. Obviously, we have our Discord. Uh, January 23rd is the tournament. It's probably going to be 2002 Unlimited Match. But if it is plus R, come join, come play, and it uh, should be a good time. Tomorrow, I'm recording Keep It Classy number two with special guest Scruffy Sword in our Discord. So that's going to be on Patreon probably. Oh, damn. I just realized I have two podcasts to edit. So that probably will be out <laughs> uh, after this episode sometime. Look out for my Omori uh, write-up, spoiler-free, and video. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't know, Pringle, you got anything to add before we get out of here? Ask, ask Scruffy how much he likes uh, Clay Fighters. <laughs> You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll sure to do that. But, uh, yeah, y'all, that's uh, pretty much for this show, episode 16 in the books. We'll see you guys next week for episode 17. You know what to do. Keep it classy. Stay Hollywood, and we'll see you all later. Peace. Take care, y'all.